Blog Talk Radio. And I know a lot of people misunderstood it, so I want you to be able to say it. Um, I think it was Details Magazine. You talked about, you used the word God, and that's what messed everybody up. But you said you, something to the effect, you were a self-made God. Explain it. Um, I made up my mind to make a change in my life when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. We are all gods on this planet, every man and every woman. We create life. We can take life. We control what goes into the sea, whether the fish can live or not. We decide if the trees can grow tall. We decide if the children will eat. We are very powerful beings on the planet Earth. And when I said a self-made God, I meant just what I said. Barry White changed his life. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Yeah. And people criticize the statement? No, not to my knowledge. It's the first yeah. time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people tend to play down our power. Well, don't worry about it. This next guy do it, unless that's God above to do it. There's a lot of things that has to change on this planet Earth that only we can change. And until we embrace the fact that we are as powerful uh, as we are as beings, we're going to continue to make the mistakes and allow the mistakes to be made from our children to our adults to our elderly to whatever situation you want to talk about. Okay, we, we got to run to a quick commercial, and they're going to do a cut from the album, and we're waiting. <laughs> Watch it like kangaroos Tell these clowns we ain't amused Nana clips for that monkey business Four, five, got changed for you Motorcades when we came through Presidential with the planes too When better get you with the residential Undefeated with the cane too I said no to the Super Bowl You need me, I don't need you Every night we in the 
the NFL, we in stadium too. Last night was a fucking zoo. Stayed diving in the pool of people, ran through Liverpool like a fucking beetle, smoking real glue like it's fucking legal. Tell the Grammys, fuck that over A shit. Have you ever seen a crowd going ape shit? vibrational beings you know we're not just flesh and blood you know uh, if you put anything under a microscope an intense microscope you can ultimately see that everything is vibration and, in, and as the scientists are not telling us there's information there but it's not solid it's always moving so we're vibrational beings and when we lift our vibration to what we want to experience it happens first on a vibratory level and then it shows up and manifests in our life. So uh, people who are holding on to rancor, animosity, mm-hmm. they're slowing down their vibration. Okay. Another way of saying is you cannot have what you're not willing to become vibrationally. Ah. If you do get it, you'll lose it. Ah. You see, this is why people that win the lottery, they, <laughs> they lose everything, yeah. or they'll finally get the person they think they Absolutely. want to be with. They can't keep the, can't keep the relationship or... They'll get a modicum of success but can't hold on to it because inside they weren't vibrationally aligned. They really hadn't become it. So you can temporarily manipulate and get things, but to have it completely, you have to lift your vibration and and become that in, in, in vibration. You're not really attracting things to you. You're really radiating. Ah, it's really a radiation. I could cry right now. It's like if I become the vibrational frequency of love, Harmony, peace, and I'm radiating that. That's the key. It's going to show up in my life. That's the key. That's the word. You're not attracting it. You have to be it and radiate it, and then it it comes. It is drawn to you. Right. From you to it. Yeah. You have to like yourself 
when you're by yourself. Yeah. You have to like yourself. I mean, when you're, when you're by yourself, you have to look at those thoughts, the beautiful thoughts, the crazy thoughts. Mm -hmm. You have to embrace yourself. You have to forgive yourself. You have to love yourself. And when you can fall in love with yourself and like yourself when you're by yourself, now you can be with others. But if you don't like yourself when you're by yourself, then you're pulling on others to make you happy. Is it possible to life vision when you're at the bottom? Not only is it possible, that's probably the best time to do it. When circumstances and situations are pressing in upon us, the only way we can overcome them is to go within. To actually begin to ask very empowering questions with the awareness that this universal presence and its law will answer any question that you ask. So if you're in a situation that uh, is pressing on you and you ask, what's trying to emerge in my life? What is my gift to share? Mm. What is my purpose? Why am I here on the planet? Not just how can I pay my rent, not just how can I stop the pain. You ask empowering questions, the universe will answer these questions in a language and in a way that you can understand. There'll be inner prompting, there'll be intuitive hits, nudges, signs, symbols, dreams. It'll come in the language of the, own, the, the individual soul and heart. The difficulty is that when people are in tough situations, they ask disempowering questions. Whoa. They say, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. Who's to blame? Yeah. Why, Why me? me? Yes. Those are the disempowering questions. So the universe will answer those too. It'll pull on the database of human experience and say, you were born on the wrong side of the tracks, or you were born on the right side of the tracks, or you, this happened or that happened. It'll give you a, a, a bevy of excuses. But if you ask an empowering question, you'll get an answer to rise above the muck. So it's all about the question, the sincerity of the question, and then the ability and the willingness to, to really listen, to really be available. That, that's where the juice is. And that is available to every human being. Whether an individual is in prison, whether an individual is imprisoned by circumstance, imprisoned in their own mind about an event that happened in their past, it doesn't matter. Once you ask with sincerity, the universe will answer. That's, that's the way it operates. You know, it goes back to asking the question. Yeah. And it, but it also goes back to understanding that the presence of God has never made a mistake, yeah. doesn't do do-overs, and doesn't repeat itself. Yeah. Therefore, each of us are unique expressions of the infinite. The way the infinite gets to express its infinite nature is through its uniqueness. Yeah. Therefore, I have a mandate to discover myself, find out who and what I am, what my purpose is, and to express it. And that, and that idea within us yeah. is infinite and is always unfolding. So it's not a one and done. It's not, I've arrived. Mm -hmm. It's, I'm always on a journey of unfolding. You grow where you're planted. You grow where you're planted. And, and then you ask, what's trying to emerge? What's trying to unfold? And you'll start to get hints. You start to take baby steps walking in that direction. And as you take baby steps, inertia becomes momentum. Mm -hmm. And then possibilities start to reveal themselves. Potential starts to be activated. And, and you find yourself, as you look back, wow, I'm changed. I'm different. Yeah. When did that happen? You have to be in alignment with it. You have to have a level of practice. You have to give up your resistance to the circumstance. In other words, 
you're, it's, you're not arguing and resisting the circum- with the circumstance. Yeah. I know this person said, I prayed. I did that. God <laughs> hadn't answered me yet. Yeah. <laughs> this is the deal. God is always answering. Yes. But are we receiving? Are we listening? Are we available? Yes. So prayer, meditation, life visioning, it attunes us to become in alignment yeah. with that vibration. So we actually can hear it. We can actually feel it and then move in that direction. Many people, uh, if their prayers would be answered, they couldn't even receive it. They're not, they're not vibrationally ready. Victim consciousness is where many people live. Yeah. Somebody did it to me. The reason why I'm not happy is because they just make, you know, my ex-boyfriend, my boss. The world isn't fair. The world isn't fair. They're doing it to me. The reason why I'm not happy is somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. God did it to me. The devil did it to me. My astrological sign did it to me. The numbers did it my to mother. me. My mother. My karma. Yeah. Okay. That's the victim stage. Every victim has a victim story. You ask somebody, a victim, what's going on, they'll give you a list of complaints about what's wrong and who did it. Fannie Lou Hamer once said, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. When you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, something happens and you start to open up to a possibility that maybe, maybe I'm in my own way. Maybe there's something more than, than what meets the eye. You're going to need something that is not within your little mind and your little perception. And that's where prayer comes in. That's where meditation comes in. That's where life visioning comes in. So if you just said, help, I'm open. I'm available to something new. Now you're on your way. Yeah. Help is a prayer. Help, help is a prayer. Yeah. I, I say, when I use the word help, I say, hello, eternal loving presence. That's what help means to me. Yeah. Hello, eternal, eternal loving. loving presence. Wow, that's a good one. Back in the day when the Bodhi tree existed and a book fell off the shelf. Just, I walked in and the book just slammed on the floor off the shelf. And it was exactly what I needed to read at that time. And so I learned about manifestation. I learned about the second stage which is how to manifest, which is establishing intention, beginning to see visually the kind of life you want to uh, live, beginning to have conversation about that kind of life. I tell people you have to talk about it more than you talk about your problems because at the end of the day, if you're complaining more than you're talking about your vision, then you're in inertia. So this is a shift that takes place where you're actually talking about the possibilities mm-hmm. more than you're talking about your issues. Yeah. You don't deny the issues. Bad things have happened to people. You're not denying that those things have happened. But it's the energy that you give to it. That yes. is a definite true fact. If you start talking about somebody or you're engaged in a conversation where you're gossiping, before long, you're spiraling down. Energy goes into those lower frequencies. Yep. Doubt, worry, fear. All, now you're in, you're in that sediment, mm-hmm. you're in that dynamic. Mm-hmm. But if you start talking about possibility, even, even if you don't know how to get there, then your energy starts to go up. Mm-hmm. You know, what if, you ask a what if question. You know, what if, what if all my needs were met? What would I be doing in my life? What if everything is really working together for my good? What if all the bad things that have happened in my life are leading me to activating some great potential in my, in my experience. Mm-hmm. What if God really is on my side? Yeah. You know, you ask a what if question and you start to notice little tiny miracles happening in your life. Mm-hmm. Things start to manifest. You don't know how they got there. 
the, the primary dark night of the soul is when you're losing your identification yeah. with your previous identity, but you don't yet have an identification with what's new emerging. You're mm -hmm. in That's good. the dark. That's good. You don't know. Uh, you, you, you knew this is who you used to be, yeah. but you're not that anymore. But who you're becoming, you're not that either. So it's dark. It's really, and sometimes it's excruciating. Sometimes it's a lot of fear, a lot of disconnect. And I, I, I tell people that when you're going through that, mm -hmm. tell them to ask this question. If this experience were to last forever, what quality would have to emerge for me to have peace of mind? Ooh. So if you ask that question, and you say, oh, if, I, if, I, if, I, if, this, if this particular experience was, was gonna last forever, I would, need, I would need some strength, I would need some, some peace, I would need a little bit more, you know, name whatever quality. And what happens is, when your attention starts focusing on that quality, rather than resisting the dark night, then the process is speeded up and your identification, you move through it, you move it, through it faster. Yeah. Pain pushes until the vision pulls. So life is progressive and it's pushing you yeah. until you get pulled by a larger vision. So once you have a vision that you can articulate. Okay, so pain pushes you. So it get, it's hard, it's harder, it's harder, it's harder, and it's trying to force you into having a vision, a vision yes. that's bigger than, than, than the, the pain. pain. And that's a principle. Potential is always bigger than the problem. Potential is always bigger than the problem. Your potential is infinite and is always bigger than whatever problem you're going through. You begin to have a, a, a vision about the possibility. Mm -hmm. You start to be pulled by it. And then once you really sincerely embrace it yeah. and your life begins to be, okay, when I wake up this morning, I'm going to walk in the direction of my purpose. I'm going to walk in the direction of my vision. I'm going to walk in the direction of that possibility and the potential yes. instead of allowing myself to go, oh, woe is me, or I can't believe, or that. Right. I'm going to walk in the... The cosmic yeah. two by four doesn't need to hit you as much. Wow. You're pulled. You're being pulled more by joy and it's like... I'm being pulled by some, something. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges. Of course. Of course. We don't, we don't, we're not praying to live a challenge-free life. We're praying that the challenges that come activate latent potential. Understanding that pain pushes until vision pulls. Ask what-if questions. Yes. Begin to see, visualize the kind of life you want to live. Mm -hmm. Begin to talk about it. Begin to write it down. Begin to dream about it. And then what I, what I teach is... You talk about it. Doesn't mean you talk to everybody because everyone is not trustworthy. That's right. You talk to selected friends. About it. About it. You talk to it. Uh -huh. You actually talk to the vision. Talk to the possibility. Talk to love. You talk to peace. You talk to prosperity. I see you everywhere. I see you prosperity in the lawn. I see you abundance on the, in the grain of the sand. I see you everywhere. Mm -hmm. You talk to it. And then after a while... You're talking from it.
Slave shit. Yeah. Slave shit is like, it's like, bump the fuck out, son. For real. See, to live, is to suffer. But to survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering. Hey I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up, hey I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up, get me back on my feet so I can tear shit up, hey I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up, hey I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up, get me back on my feet so I can tear shit up. I've been through mad different faces, like mazes to find my way. And now I know that happy days are not far away If I'm strong enough, I live long enough to see my kids Doing something more constructive with the time than this I know because I've been there, now I'm in there Sit back and look at what it took for me to get there First came the bullshit, the drama with my mama She got on some fly shit, so I split and said that I'ma be that seed That doesn't need much to succeed Strapped with mad trees, a heart that doesn't bleed I'm ready for the world, or at least I thought I was Bagging niggas when I caught a bus I'm thinking about how short I was Going too fast, it wouldn't last, but yo, I couldn't tell Group homes and institutions prepare my ass for jail They put me in a situation forcing me to be a man When I was just learning to stand without a helping hand Damn, was it my fault? Something I did To make a father leave his first kid at seven Doing my first bid Back on the scene at 14 Wrote a scheme to get more green Than I'd ever seen in the dream And by all means, I will be living high off the hog And I never gave a fuck about much but my dog That's the only motherfucker I'd head off in my last Just another little nigga headed nowhere fast Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling I got to get up that ain't the half, the shit gets worse as I get older Actions become bolder, heart got cold Chip on my shoulder that I dare the nigga to touch Didn't need a click cause I scared a nigga that much One deep with the pitch, starting shit for kicks Catching Vicks, throwing bricks, getting by, being slick Used to get high, just to get by Used to have to talk my L in the morning before I get fly Ate something, couple of 40s made me hate something After some coke, now I'm ready to take some Three years later, showing signs of stress Didn't keep my hair cut, I give a fuck how I dress I'm possessed by the darker side, living the cruddy life Shit like this, kept a nigga with a bloody knife Wanna make records, but I'm fucking it up Slippin', I'm fallin', can't get up Hey yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I got to get up Get back on my feet so I can tear shit up Hey yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I got to get up Get back on my feet so I can tear shit up wasn't long before I hit rock bottom Niggas talking shit like damn, look how that, how that got em. Open like a window, no more endo Look at a video, say to myself that could have been yo Ass on the TV, believe me, could be done Something got to give, got to change, cause now I got a son I got to do the right thing for shorty And that means no more getting high, bigger body So I get back, looking tight, slick again Fake niggas jump back on my dick again Nothing but love for those that know how it feel And much respect to all my niggas that kept it real Kept a nigga strong, kept a nigga from doing wrong Niggas know who they is, and this is your fucking song And to my boo, who stuck with a nigga do All the bullshit, you get yours, because it's do Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up 
Thus, he he's able to go into, it works the opposite. He's able to go right in front of King Arthur because of this funny outfit. And later on, he ends up becoming a knight. But all of the, this is, now this is the key, all of the knights were proficient and masters, but they were always masters at one discipline. Right. Which means that you are still locked in a box. Whereas Parzival, because he was not raised into knighthood, it came from humble origins. He was able to get the Holy Grail when the other ones were not able to get the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is, i.e., his own soul and rise to the God level. That's what the mystery is. He is able to get the Holy Grail for the simple fact that by him not mastering the discipline, he was able to ride through all of the disciplines. You see what I'm saying? And get the, and, and, and get the, his own soul. So mastering, you master something, but if you master one section, you're only inflating your ego. By him being the divine fool, which is the tarot card, it's called the fool. And it is the only tarot card that can be used throughout the entire deck. It masters all. So that's what the humility is. So in so many words, you have to trick the ego to keep letting you go. So to give me an example. Um, back in '08, back in '98, I, I produced my dark side lectures and started explaining all this stuff based on the dark side. Right. Now I became famous with it, but I could have used it as a theology and say that's what I'm an expert at and that's all I'm gonna do. Right. And I would have got stuck. Hell, I'm talking about fucking archangels now <laughs> in the relationship. So you never get stuck. You never turn anything into a theology, and that is the reason why. Most of these systems that people initiate in, they're never going to work because they are only a fragment of something, and ultimately the ego can latch on to that. So in so many words, the soul sends this particular information so it can get to know itself, so it can remember who it is. You see what I'm saying? But the ego is there for distraction. But the soul is all there really is, and it's an entire maze between the soul and you. And you. And so what you have to ultimately do is to surrender and give up and say, I don't exist. So what I had to do is I had to get rid of Bobby Hemmings. Right. You see, and all that was dear to me, you see. That way you can eliminate the possibility of the ego latching on. Bobby Hemmings ain't around now for the ego to latch on. You see what I'm saying? I ain't got no goddamn scruples. <laughs> None. No scruples whatsoever. You see what I'm saying? Right. You know. Uh-huh. I'm still young. Let's get it again, nigga. I'm still young. Fucked up, right? I'm still young. I know. I'm still young. I know what y'all niggas asking y'all, so. I'm still young. You gonna ever fall off? I'm still young. No. I'm still young. A lot of speculation on the monies I've made, honeys I've slayed. I would be for real, is that nigga really paid? Hustlers I've met or dealt with direct. Is it true he stayed in beef and slept with a tech? What's the position you hold? Can you really match a triple platinum artist buck by buck, but only a single going gold? Rockefeller shit fold, and you're left out in the cold. Is it back to charging motherfuckers 11 for a O? For the millionth time, asking me questions like Wendy Williams harassing me. They get upset when I catch feelings. Can I get a minute to breathe? And in that minute you leave. 
leave While I'm looking at my road ice Spinning on my sleeve Ugh, nice watch Do you really have a spot? Like you said in front of foe And if so, what block? What you doing in L.A. With Filipinos and essays Latinos and Chevys Down by Pico with Federico I answer all your questions But then y'all got to go Now the question I ask you is How bad you wanna know? Black! Uh-huh, 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 uh
So you have to understand this is a self-imposed chemical addiction to one's own emotions. And if that means that they are sabotaging things to solve this chemical imbalance in the body, they will do that. If it means that they have to create disharmony or create havoc, etc., it will happen over and over and over again. So these people don't need enablers that continuously support them through their high drama. They need to actually be treated and put into withdrawal and consult about how to be able to separate their sensations from a thought so they do not continuously create this chemistry. So you have to understand this is a serious problem because what I have observed about us as African Americans is that we have difficulty staying focused and participatory in an event because we allow our emotions, and now we've created these emotions because we have judged someone else's speech or someone else's behavior to allow us to abandon the goal or the project over and over and over again. So I used to find it very interesting because Caucasians will make it very clear to each other, I really do not like you. However, if they are very clear that they need that person's skill or talent, that is inconsequential and I will meet you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock so we can get busy on this project. And at 5 o'clock, don't speak to me again. So I've heard us rationalize that, oh, that's hypocritical and just a whole bunch of other stuff and how can they do that and they shouldn't speak and look at what they did. A whole bunch of chemical poisons and toxins that you have created in your mind. Because when the mind understands that we need certain skills and talents to be able to get a project done, we're not interested in how they look, what they say, what they may be doing, etc. We're interested, can they execute this particular activity to the extent that I'm going to get one step closer to the goal. And if the mind understands that, a healthy mind will ignore the rest of the activities and stay focused on the goal. This is critical. I mean, I have seen us talk about we're not speaking and whatever else, etc. and nothing gets done. Nothing over and over and over again because we are emotional addicts. We are not in control at all of our bodies. It is our emotions that are driving us. And so therefore we have abandoned the project. Years go by, the same foolishness and nonsense, and we wonder why, what happened. And somebody else didn't do whatever they're supposed to do. No, it was you who would not control your mind and stay focused. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L., where remedy meets preparation. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Peace to the gods. What's going on? It's Friday. Happy Juma. For my Christians, Merry Christmas. All Saints Day, whatever you want to call it. Right? Peace to the gods. Welcome to the show. Um, <clears throat> it's Friday. 
So happy holidays to my Moors, my Muslims. Um, so we're gonna jump right in because it's been a while since we've done an open for Friday. And um, I wanna set the tone for the conversation for Sunday. And I thought that this would be a perfect time to do it. Um, and I'm, I'm going to give you some information today that hopefully you can use. Right? And it will be beneficial, as I know that it has been beneficial for me. Okay? So in our series that we do um, on Sundays, the last few Sundays, what we've talked about has been the Constitution of the United States and we've went through each amendment so this upcoming weekend we're going to go over amendment 5 and 6 and I would highly suggest that you tune in to that show um, because we're going to go deep into that particular topic now the 5th amendment and many people don't take time to read um, that constitution let alone the state constitution but the Fifth Amendment deals with private property, right? And it, and it deals with what's known as the takings clause, which I talked about last weekend, right? Taking private property without just compensation. So the takings clause of the Fifth Amendment prevents the government from taking private property for public use without just compensation, right? So then you have to ask yourself, well, what counts as private property? Okay, and what is it that the government can come in and take from you, and what can they not take, right? It's just kind of like the whole eminent domain thing. You cannot claim eminent domain over an individual's soul, or, and that's on a spiritual level. You can't claim eminent domain over someone's house or their car, or anything that they own that's in their private possession that might be, what, in a trust, right? Um... So it's really important that we look at the Bill of Rights, the Supreme Court cases, and everything that backs this stuff up so you have a good idea um, of how to properly defend your asset, right? And I've said this before, right? And it may sound cliche, but your asset can be something as simple as a car and something as um, important, literally, as your soul. Right? Those are your assets. Those are those are things that belong to you, right? Um, and you know, there's a there's a lot of room for conjecture with these things. But um, you know, they didn't create these amendments for no reason. I, I assure you, right? So, the Technics Clause of the Fifth Amendment to the United States Constitution reads as follows: It says that um, no nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So, in understanding the provision, right, we agree that it's helpful to keep in mind, right, why they created the Fifth Amendment, right, why they created the Technic Clause and all of that. So, you can go look at the cases of uh, Armstrong versus the United States, right, um, and they dealt specifically with the Technic Clause. And this is what the Supreme Court, they wrote in this case, they said that the Fifth Amendment Technic Clause was designed, it was designed to bar the government from forcing some people alone to bear public burdens, which in all fairness and justice should be borne to the public as a whole, right? So not making one person pay for the sins of others, right? Kind of like the whole idea behind Christmas, right? You know, Jesus 
um, as they say, you know, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, right? That's an allegorical, metaphorical thing, right? But the, the takings clause um, was, was done to serve the principle effectively, right? And, and, and it serves its purpose, right? Because we agree that um, the guarantee of just compensation must apply at the very least in cases in which the government engages in the outright confiscation of property, right? Taking your shit, right, without your permission. So this means that merely the government taking a privately owned asset for itself, right, without telling you why they took it, right, or without giving you some some means of compensation. It also includes situations in which the government permanently deprives a private owner of possession of the asset or gives the asset or the right to permanently physically occupy the asset to somebody else. Now, ain't that a bitch? Because they do shit like that, right? And and I think that people people don't really understand how this shit works. Um, so, you know, we get tied up in, in situations that we have to defend ourselves from. Okay, so I want you to think about this on the level of slavery, right? Slavery was, you know, as far back as you could think of it. Even today, there's still slavery in the world. Slavery is an institution that not only um, does it deprive people of human rights and the rights to dignity, right? But it also shows you how soulless something can be, right? It, it really does. It, it's a problem, right? Um, but I want you to think about slavery, and I want you to think about this in the terms of what was going on in the 1800s during the American Civil War. And I'm bringing this up for a reason, because everybody thinks that the Emancipation Proclamation freed the slaves. And in fact, it did not. It gave the, it, it gave the human chattel over to the federal government okay so the confiscation act of 1861 this is really important it was an act of congress and it was done during the early months of the war and this 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 was done committing court proceedings for the confiscation of any property being used to support the confederate independence effort including slaves right and i've and i've said this to y'all over and over that you know the, the the civil war never really ended, right? The states have always technically been in some type of perpetual state of war with the United States, right? Exactly. Emancipation has nothing to do with so-called freedom, right? And um, when we talk about a lodial title, right, deed, right, the the actual the actual deed to yourself, right, um, it starts with the birth certificate. Where it starts at and ends at, right? But anyways, the the Confiscation Act uh, was an act of Congress. It was done in the early months of the Civil War, and it permitted proceedings um, for the confiscation of property being used to support the Confederate. You have to remember at this time too that um, they considered so-called black people to be conscious human beings, right? Um, and so, not many people were able to use the Constitution. Right. So the bill passed the House of Representatives. It had a 60 to 48, and then the Senate a 24 to 11 vote. So Abraham Lincoln, he was very reluctant to sign the act. Right? He actually felt that 
um, in light of the Confederate the Confederacy's battles um, and their victories that they had, that the bill wouldn't have any practical effect. And as you can see, it really didn't. Right? Um, he actually stepped in and said that um, it would be struck down as being unconstitutional, and then it set a precedent that might derail future attempts at emancipation. Right? But really, the freeing of the soul. Right? Which is, you know, it's really interesting, right? And, I'll, and I'll, I'm going to read a bit of this as well. But when we talk about future attempts at emancipation, how long were they really trying to emancipate people? Right? How long? Because we can go back as far as Articles of Confederation, Association to see where slavery had been outlawed, right? But due to the fact that the bill was based on military emancipation, no judicial proceedings were required and therefore Lincoln gave uh, Attorney General Edward Bates no instructions on enforcing the bill right so hey it's up to the military what y'all do but within a year of passing the bill right you're talking about thousands of slaves that have been freed by the first confiscation act right so when they tell you that a lot of people were still in slavery and they didn't know that, that they were even slaves or that they were free. Some of this is true, some of it's not true, right? But with respect to slaves, the act itself authorized court proceedings to strip their owners of any claim to them, but did not clarify whether the slaves were free. So so you could still hold a motherfucker, but you couldn't clarify whether he or she was free. So as a result of this ambiguity, the slaves came up under uh, union lines as property in the care of the U.S. government, right? So in response to this situation, General David Hunter um, of the Union Army, the military commander, um, he was a military commander in Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida, right? He issued a General Order Number 11 on May the 9th, 1862, which freed all slaves in areas under his command, right? But um, upon hearing of his actions, right? One week, one week later, Abraham Lincoln steps in and he um, he, he, he immediately countermanded the order, right? So he returned the slaves to their former status as property in the care of the federal government, right? So, you know, you watch, go watch the movie The Matrix, right? And they talk a lot about this as well. Okay. Um, but before the act was passed, right, Benjamin Franklin, his last name was Butler, by the way, um, he had been the first Union general to declare slaves as contraband. Right, some other northern commanders followed this precedent as well. So if you were along the border states, right, you were more likely to return um, your escaped slaves to the masters, right? So the confiscation act was an attempt to set a consistent policy in the army. So I'll read the act. Um, I'll read a couple of lines from the act so you guys can understand, right? So um, this was, like I said, this was done in 18. 18- this was the first one, and they did they did two of them, right? It says that it has been enacted by the Senate and the House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled that if during the present of any future insurrection against the government of the United States, after the president of the United States shall have declared by proclamation that the laws of the United States are opposed and that the execution thereof obstructed by combinations too powerful to be suppressed by the suppressed by the ordinary uh, course of judicial proceedings or by the power vested in the marshals by law, so these are marshals, 
uh, any person or persons, his or her, their agents, uh, their attorneys or employees. So uh, purchase or acquire, special sale or give any property whatsoever of any kind or description with the intent to use or employ the same or suffer the same to be used or employed, right? So whether it was aiding, abetting, uh, promoting, anything that had to do with insurrection or resistance, right, to the slave laws, any person that engaged in this or any person or or, or uh, persons, right, being the owner or owners of the property, shall knowingly use or employ or consent to the use or employment of the same aforesaid all such property, all right? So that's that, right? There's a lot of jargon there. Right, um, section 2, and it says, and be it further enacted, that such prizes and captures shall be condemned in the district or the circuit court of the United States having jurisdiction of the amount or an admiralty okay, in any district in which the same may be seized or into which they have taken the proceedings first instituted. Now, check this out, right, because this is really interesting because we talk about um, jurisdiction, right, different courts and the prizes. You go back and look at the treaties, right, and it tells you, Far back as the Treaty of Marrakesh, right, that any prize of war was to be released. Right? So they were supposed to release people a long time ago. Right? They just did not. All right. Section three, be it further enacted that the Attorney General or any district court or district attorney of the United States in which said property may be at the time instituted, the proceedings of condemnation in any such cases shall be holy for the benefit of the United States. Or any person may file an information with an attorney in which the case proceedings shall be for the use of the informer and the United States equal parts. Okay, so don't think that the United States didn't have a hand in slavery still, right? They was transferring ownership. Okay, and be it further enacted that whenever here at this is session session four, be it further enacted that whenever hereafter during the present insurrection against the government of the United States. Any person claiming to be held to labor services under the law of any state shall be required or permitted by the person to whom such labor or services claim to be due, or by the lawful agent of such persons to take up arms against the United States, or shall be required or permitted by the person to whom such labor or services claim to be due, or his lawful agent to work or to be employed in or upon a fort, a navy yard, a dock, an armory, Ship service, um, an entrenchment, or any military or naval service whatsoever, okay, against the government and lawful authority of the United States. Then, in every such case, uh, the person to whom such labor or services claim to be due shall forfeit his claim for such a labor, right? So they had to forfeit their claim, right? Um, now, any law of the state or the United States, contrary of standing, now, whenever thereafter the person claiming such labor or services shall seek to enforce his claim, it shall be fully sufficient answer to such claim that the person whoever service or labor is claimed have been employed in hostile service against the government of the United States, contrary to the provisions of this act. Now, let me just make it clear, because it's not that clear, and this is why they had to do a second act, right? Part of the reason why they went back and they did a second act was because of the fact that it was not clear, number one, on, on how people were made free. Okay? 
Then you have to think about the fact that they're telling you in Section 4 that you had a right to redress for your grievances. Right? But they, they didn't really explain that too well either. Right? Because they, what they said was labor or service. But we know that labor or service dealt directly with slavery. Right? So in 1862, uh, they did an act prohibiting the return of slaves. Right? And this law was passed by the United States Congress during the American Civil War, which forbid all officers or persons in the military or the naval service to return escaped slaves to their owners with the aid or the use of forces under their respective command. So they was actually they was taking people from the Confederate, they was trying to free them, but then they was holding them. And then they would have people in the military who would be paid under the table, take their ass right back to slavery. Ain't that some shit? Now, as Union armies entered southern territory during the early years of uh, the Civil War, right, slavery and slaves started fleeing behind the Union lines just to secure their freedom. Some of them were actually even joined the Union. Right? So commanders put the slaves to work. Right, they would build entrenchments, uh, they would build forts, they would perform camp work. Right, so slaves came to be called contraband. Now, contraband was a term commonly used in the military during the American War. And this described a new status for certain escaped slaves, right, who affiliated with Union forces. So, in 1861, the Union Army and the U.S. Congress determined that the U.S. Would no longer return escaped slaves. They called them contraband. Think about that. Being called contraband. Okay? Now, the term confiscation means the taking away of property, usually by another state, in relation to the acquisition of land and the like for state projects. Most systems have procedures allowing for appeal and always with compensation. So, customs and excise authorities. To confiscate certain goods where the property okay, had been taken. Now, think about this, right? Um, in criminal cases, right, confiscation or forfeiture is, is common, right? right? So you got all these statutory so-called powers that are put in place to, to penalize criminals, if you will, right? And then they hand out prison sentences for people trying to confiscate property. Okay? So, this actually, if you bring it forward to today, now we're talking about human rights laws and rights violations, it's right, the right to property, right, the right to a fair trial, right? All of that stuff can go into play when we're talking about confiscation, right? So, just keep in mind that they actually refer to slaves as, conf- as, as, as being confiscated. Contraband, confiscated contraband. Okay? Now, there's there's a lot of different ways you can look at contraband, but you know, that, that, that was a, a military term. Yeah, be wise, the circles, you're right. The most efficient slave is the one that don't know he's a slave. They make you, you know, forced labor. Hey, involuntary servitude. They make you a slave. You don't even know this got you in slavery. Well, that's what liberty is really about. Right? 
I mean, this this is this is real shit, right? And these people, they they continue even today to 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 do uh, slave trading and they do uh, uh, human trafficking, right? Because the slave trade is a stock, right? It's a short title, stock. Right? It's in the United States, they make their slave trade, right? So. You can look at the Slave Trade Act. The Slave Trade Act, though, is really heavy. So you can go back as far as 1788. Okay? There was the Slave Trade Act back then. That was done in, in the United Kingdom. Alright? I mean, you can, if you want to go back to the Slave Trade Act of 1794, this law was passed by the Congress that prohibited American ships from engaging in international slave trade. And it was signed into law by George Washington. On March 22nd, 1794, this was the first anti-slavery trade act. And if they treated it as the first act that was signed by Congress. So in 1800, um, Congress states that they, they came together again, right, to raise the, the fines, right, and then they would award the informants the entire value of the ship that was seized, as well as additional prohibitions on American investments. Let me tell you something. These motherfuckers will try to take your car and keep you as their property. That, that's how real this shit is, right? That's how ill they are and the type of shit that they do, right? But um, So the bill itself, the Slave Trade Act, it was introduced by the third Congress on December 2nd, 1793. So this bill was passed March 22nd, 1794 with the title an act to prohibit the carrying on the slave trade from the United States to any foreign place or country. Okay. So, once again, we go back to forfeiture. You, this even deals with trying to return slaves to Cuba and Africa. Right? So, they was doing this for two benefits. Number one, for the good use of the property. <laughs> they got over. No, I came over here to my property. This is my property. Right. What we're we talking about here, it, 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 it's a deep history, a deep rooted history of slavery right, in this country, unfortunately. Um, and, and even, we don't even have to call it that. We can call it, we can call it human trafficking. Right? There's a deeply rooted history of this stuff. You know, and you have to ask yourself, what, what side of that line do you fall on? Because a lot of people are refugees that have been uh, human trafficked and, and ain't even realize it, and they never even left nowhere. Right? They do it through paperwork, secret paperwork. Right? People's families be trying to do that shit to them. Right? That shit is ill. And, 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 but it's something that we have to look at and know how to defend ourselves from. Right? And so... Um, you know, as, as much as we tell people only use state constitutions, I'm going to tell you you need to use a federal constitution as well to keep getting people in check, not necessarily for yourself, right? The Bill of Rights are put in place for that, okay? We have treaties for that, right? They have treaties where they're not supposed to fight with Moors, okay? But what happens when you claim to be a Moor and then they try to say, oh, well, he's from Africa. Let's send him back to Africa because he wants to be a Moor because I've I have witnessed this happen, right, where, where they try to use that against you, 
So then you have to use what that birth certificate allows you to use, which is the great constitution. Right. That's what we talked about today, right? And like I said, Sunday we will we will continue to touch on this topic because it is such a you know, it is such a deep topic, you know, when we talk about these things. Um you know, the power of eminent domain is it's it's pretty it's pretty deep, right? So we'll take a quick break, we'll come right back and I'll uh, give you a little bit more information and then we'll get out of here. All right. Happy Friday, man, it's Juma. Right. Some people would say that uh, it's Christmas Eve. Either way, happy Friday. We'll be right back. We use the word every day. Now, we don't know the capacity of the word. Are we headed for conflict or not? Because we did not break down the capacity of the same word. This is why we hung up the country. We've been taught wrong. Find a room to lock yourself in and close the door It's some heavy concepts that we gotta explore We gotta strip the word down, rugged and raw The rhetoric of Martin King just ain't around no more The Bowie ain't here, James Baldwin either They all were leaders, but they ain't helped me get this force two-seater A lawyer left the hood, he never looked back To be a Fortune 500 CEO, it took rap So what if my pants sag with my hat turned back The same swag got our merchandise flying off the rack Marketing companies is hiring blacks Fresh hip-hop lingo for your camp Pain ass, controversies around, who can say it and win? Some niggas are full-time, some playing pretend, so fuck that. No apologies on the issue, if it offends you, it's meant to, it's that simple. I'm here, my niggas. I was thinking a little bit What would it take to authenticate my niggas? Ball ridiculous 26 inches when I call up the dealership I heard of some nigga shit We only out for our own benefit We having too many kids We proteins Welfare recipients The infamous free clinics is the sickest shit Make me think what the hell They clean they syringes with Everybody bleeding The cops are the demons Courtrooms full of goons Jail buses leaning Handcuffs squeeze too tight on you Like if you fight they just give in People used to do sit-ins they got Nigeria and Niger, two different countries Somehow Niger turned a nigga, and shit ugly The problem is we started thinking like the colonists To know what Drew Ali started dropping that consciousness I'm here, my nigga My name is like this Make sure y'all never forget Y'all give me life And I love it Not a banker, neither was my neighbor when it came to getting paper. Who the hell was gonna train us? Oppression couldn't escape us through the ages. We changed the basis of derogatory phrases. And I say it's quite amazing. The use of ghetto terms developed our own language. No matter where it came from, it's celebrated. Now people are mad if they ain't one. Every word we use, it has to pass. And if you don't understand the words you use and understand the you are using words that is creating a destiny for you that you don't even know or even conscious of. Trying to erase me from your memory, to 
right, peace of the God, we back right here on the uh, on the phone Friday, the New Evolution Radio Network. <clears throat> now, um, I want to be clear, right? This is what we're talking about today, right? This is the phone Friday, so you can feel free to, to uh, call in and ask your questions, whatever. But what we're dealing with today, right, is the idea of taking property without just compensation, right? And, and this goes to our series of what we're dealing with on Sunday, right? But like I said, I want to, and I'm going to mention it again. There were, there was the Emancipation Proclamation that was passed, and many people only know about this. People don't go back far enough in history, right? But you can look at the first Confiscation Act and the second Confiscation Act. That was passed in 1862. One was passed in 1861. Other one passed in 1862. Right, but it stated that any Confederate official, Confederate official, military or civilian who did not surrender within 60 days of the act's passage would have their slaves free in criminal proceedings. However, this act was only applicable to Confederate areas that had already been occupied by the Union Army. Okay. So the U.S. President Abraham Lincoln opposed these acts, believing that they would push the border states forward towards siding with the Confederacy. He nonetheless signed them to make them the law. Okay. So the growing movement towards emancipation was aided by these acts, which eventually led to the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, I want to be clear because a lot of times we forget that shit that was done over 100 years ago. It's still valid today. You can still use this shit today. Right? You can still get you a certified copy of this today. Yeah, you're right. Education can be used as a tool for slavery. That's why you have to use it wisely, right? Free minds. Um, but I would suggest that everybody get themselves a certified copy of the Confiscation Acts, the first one and the second one. Right? And you know, understand that it's going to come ahead for you, especially if you, um, you know, if you've done nationality. Right? And I, I tell y'all this all the time, right? Y'all don't, a lot of people don't really realize when you do nationality, you're going back into the Confederate side of things, believe it or not. Right? Now, now, I understand, right, how how that can sound, but it, it, it is true on, on some levels, right? Yeah. We're still using treaties, yes. We still have liberty, yes. But you have a different type of liberty, right? Matter of fact, they even tell you, they tell you on the government's website that if you decide to come out of the system, you will experience great hardship. They tell you that. You're going to experience some great hardship. <laughs> they wasn't lying. Trust me, they wasn't lying. So we, we, we all have to agree, right, that the term just compensation means that the owner of the property should receive at a minimum fair market value of the property, right? Independent of the government taking something from them, right? So this dealt with slaves too. So don't think that you can't get captured up into modern day human trafficking, also known as slavery. If you're not careful. So I would suggest, like I said, that you get a copy of these acts, put them down, put them in your repertoire of acts that you have saved. Just like you got the National Currency Act, right? Because just like you think that it can't happen to you, it can happen. And the federal government, right, you know, 
people, you know, we, we talk a lot about how we don't need them. We don't need them, right? Well, I was able to, like, change my opinion as well, right? I think that to keep everybody in check, to make federal officials do their job so you don't end up on the shit side of the stick, right? It's best to understand how they work, right? Because remember, the 14th Amendment keeps the states in check. Because other than that, the states will be running rampant and you will still have states with niggas in it. As a matter of fact, they just found down in Georgia a slave colony where, where niggas is still enslaving people down in certain parts of Georgia and making them work like slaves. Go look at the movie Antebellum. It was real. It's still happening to this day. The shit never stopped. Right? <laughs> it never stopped. All right, so when you look at the takings clause, right, the government needs not to compensate private property owners when it requires them to take reasonable steps to avoid pollution or otherwise release the private property back to the owner. Right? So at any time, some private party, no matter who it is, could seek a court order stopping another private party from engaging in awful activities. So the government can impose the same limitations through fines and court orders without a duty to compensate. Right? But if you took my shit and you gave it back, you still owe me some money, even if you gave me my shit back. Right? So, uh, and, uh, if you want to ask a question, you can please put your hand up. This is open for Friday. I'm going to, um, I'm going to give you, just a second, I'm going to put them up here. Um, oh, by the way, I got a webinar coming up. If you want to hop on it, maybe going over uh, the gun trust. All right, so you have to put your pistols in trust. This will be good for a lot of different people. Right, you know, we know who you are if you need that. Right, but um, we're trying to follow things correctly. Right, and do things the way that they should be done. Right, you can still use your state constitutions, but. You got to understand what to use and when to use it. All right. So with that being said, let, let's get into it real quick, and then we'll open up the call lines, right? Remember, confiscation acts very important that you get your copy of that, right? Because you don't want to be considered what they call contraband, right? At any point in time, or a refugee, right? Now, um, the Fifth Amendment says that no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime, unless on a presentment or an indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, when in actual service in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without the due process of law, nor shall any private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Now, just compensation takes me back to the whole idea um, of reparations, right? And, you know, um, this, this gives you a redress for your grievances when we talk about, you know, being able to properly go in and get redress, right? Um, but, but let's just pull it up right quick, right? Because... It's important to understand what just compensation means, right? Because just compensation refers to the compensation 
that individuals receive from their property gets seized by the government for some type of public use. Right? So this is why this is really why the Confederate and the Union was so was, was going back and forth. Because the, the Union was like, nah, we freeing people, right? And we putting them over here on our side. And the Confederate was like, nah, we keeping our slaves. And some of your slave owners look like you and I. It was melanated. It was Moors, too. So let's not just sit back and say, oh, it was just white folks, because it wasn't. Okay. Now, for example, right, when they did the National Highway System, and it was constructed in the 1950s, a lot of people's homes were seized. Right? Why? Because the government needed the land to build the highway. I know a few people, right, who, who had homes along the highway. I mean, this is... They built that highway back in the 90s when I hear it. But I remember people whose homes got tore down. Right? So the just compensation remedy is provided by the Fifth Amendment Texas Clause. And then it's usually considered to be what they call fair market value, right? However, what the government considers just compensation may not be regarded as just by the person whose property has been seized. So the government's ability to take private property for public use is called eminent domain. They will take eminent domain over some shit, right? If it needs to be freed. Or if they need it to make money off of. But they gotta give you just compensation. That's actually um a lot of people who um, you know, they hold out and they wait, right? They say, Okay, well I don't want my property taken, right? Because it's not enough money. And they hold out and they hold out and they hold out and they hold out. <laughs> Hoping to get the highest value, they fuck around don't get shit for it, right? They get pennies on the dollar because they wait while everybody else just moved out the neighborhood, right? So, um, when I talk about you know slavery and I talk about just compensation, the Fifth Amendment, all this shit goes hand in hand because we're talking about private property, right? So, just compensation is paid to the property owners for the legal seizure of personal property or land, okay? It's legally defined under the takings clause in the Fifth Amendment. Property owners are paid fair market value for their property, but often determining what fair market value is is difficult, okay? There are different methods used to determine the value of a property, and then these include the market approach, they include income approach, um, they also include the cost approach, okay? So what we got to understand with just compensation is the idea behind just compensation is to repair an individual's estate. I'll say it again. The idea behind just compensation is to repair your estate. As if the property that was took was never taken at all. Right? So this means paying the fair market value for the property. This is where uh, reparations and shit came in play, right? This is this is where um, a redress for grievance play, right? When you cannot get your property, right? So, uh, and, and let's be clear, a redress, right, is a petition to the government, right, about your grievances. It's the right to make a complaint, right, to seek some type of assistance to get some help from the government, right, and you're supposed to be able to do this without um, the fear of a punishment or a reprisal, right? So the right to petition in the United States is granted by the First Amendment to the Constitution, the Constitution of 1791. 
done. So they're asking the government to compensate them for a wrong that's been done to them, right? Now, all of us have had some type of instance where we have been unjustly enriched. Call it, and I'll and I'll pull it up. I'll give you a working definition for it. Right? Okay. Unjust enrichment in the law of equity occurs when one person is enriched at the expense of another in the circumstances that the law sees as unjust. When the individual is unjustly enriched, the law imposes an obligation upon the recipient to make restitution subject to the defenses such as the change of position. It's unjust enrichment. It's an equity law. It, it, it is distinguished from a gift. Right? As the gift is given without reasonable expectation of receiving something in return. Right? So when a party A gives party B a gift, party A has no legal recourse to receive something in return. Right? So um, you can go look at the case uh, Bloom Garden versus Coyer, right? where it talks about burden of proof. Okay, so there's got to be, you know, and this is where we get into the whole idea of quasi-contracts and stuff like that, right? This still requires some type of burden of proof there. Okay? But like I said, if, if you want to avoid some of this stuff, not only should you be operating within trust, right, and have copyrights and stuff like that, but you also, you know, you need to have copies of these acts. You need to have certified copies of all the constitutions that apply to you. In the state, the federal, right? Because what does it do? It keeps these people in check on the state level and the federal level. So when they step in and they violate your rights, you can then hold them to the oath they took. Right? It's just, it's, it's that important. Right? So you have the right to petition. You have the right to get your redress, right? Just, just compensation also fails to consider the loss of um, neighborhoods, right? The loss of uh, a car that might be seized from you, any of that shit, right? Fair market value, right? And like I said, even on the spiritual level, man, you know, people don't like to deal with this type of stuff, but even on the spiritual level, you can deal with your know, motherfucking soul, right? You know, think about all these um, athletes and, and people, NBA players and, and, and rappers, especially rappers, right? Who who have Reportedly sold their soul. What did they get in return for that? Right? Is that not a form of slavery? Spiritual slavery. Right? And like I said, it sounds cliche because people don't like dealing with that type of shit. But it's real. And it's worth exploring. It's worth talking about. Right? I've even said it before you need to put a clause in your trust about your soul. I said it. Okay? Now, um, you know, we talk about fair market value, right? You have to deal with damage, okay? And how you've been damaged. So only a portion of property is seized. They call it uh, residue damage, right? So this refers to the damage on the remaining property due to the seizure. Okay, so residue damage is like sounds like residue was left over, right? Include the inability to, to use the best part of something. Right, to change or shape it, right, how they see fit according to um, why they took something. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a few methods and then we'll go to the phone call. Um, so 
when you want to value your property, right, and, and you want to put place value on something, you have to look at several things. First thing that they call it is your market approach, right? And this is this is a straightforward uh, method in that when your property is seized, right, you have to compare it to recent property that was seized. Right? And this method typically is used to appraise a piece of property. The second approach is what they call the income approach. Right? The income approach is used for for properties to generate income, and in these cases, right, the, the operating income of the property has to be determined first. And then you take the income and what they call a capitalization rate, and then you get your value. So you add those two together and you get the value. Okay? The third thing is what they call a cost approach. And the cost approach takes into consideration um, the structure of the property, right? How unique is the property? Right? I mean, think about human life. How, how, what is more unique than a human life? Okay? This is why when they freed the slaves, right? not long not long after they closed the Freedmen's Bureau and the 14th Amendment, they started placing birth certificates on people, and they started placing a million dollars on, on every individual. That was born. Why do you think the state is giving a million dollars per citizen to help keep them free, but to keep them under government control, under Big Brother's control? So in some in some instances, your state, the, the, the state operates more free than the federal government does, but with restrictions because they're under contract, not to throw your ass back in slavery. That's the cost approach. Okay, so the value of the property has to be taken into consideration, plus the cost of replacing that particular piece of property, minus the depreciation of that property. Why you are stock? I can't say it any more clearly. They consider you to be stock. It's like a cow is called livestock. Okay. All right. So these are things that we have to think about, and I and I really hope that. Um, as we as we go into this, right, people can get this because when we talk about a redress, a redress for grievances, all of that comes in under the First Amendment, right? Everything I'm talking about on Sundays, right? The Fifth Amendment, taking your shit without just compensation, the Confiscation Act. Now I'm gonna, and I'm giving y'all this before, and I'm gonna give it to you again. I'm gonna tell you where you can go. Get your redress for grievances. It's under 15 U.S. Code 780, Office of Private Grievances and Redress. Are you private? Okay. This is how you're going to get your shit. All right. A, the administrator shall establish and maintain an Office of Private Grievances and Redresses headed by a director to receive and evaluate petitions filed in accordance with subsection B of the section and to make recommendations. To the administrator for appropriate action. B. A petition for special redress or relief or other extraordinary assistance, the nature of a remedy, right? So we're talking about equity here, right? Any person who is adversely affected by an order, a rule, a regulation that was issued by an administrator and carrying out the functions assigned to him under this chapter may petition the administrator. For a redress, a special redress, a relief, or any other extraordinary assistance apart from or in addition to 
any right or privilege to seek redress or grievances provided in Section 766. Okay. Now, um, <clears throat> the administrator shall submit to the secretary for inclusion in the annual report required by Section 7267 of the title, Title 42, a statement on the nature and the number of grievances which have been filed and the action taken and the relief provided pursuant to the section. And he shall make recommendations to Congress from time to time concerning the legislative and administrative actions which may be taken to better assist persons adversely affected by the energy shortages and to distribute more equitably the burdens that result from measures adopted by or actions taken by. So, like I said, this shit real straightforward, man. When we start talking about the remedy, right? Oh, y'all talking about a lot in the chat. <laughs> y'all talking about dog latin over there in the chat. <laughs> anyway, listen, um, you know, if you're just tuning in, make sure you get yourself a copy of the Confiscation Acts, 1861, 1862. Right? They didn't do the Emancipation Proclamation until 1863. Okay. You can go back as far as 1791 okay. when they had George Washington in office, right? And you, you can get the, the very first act that was passed back then that dealt with no slavery, right? Not not taking property, private property without just compensation, right? And, and you know, as they say, what's the reason for the season? The reason for the season is freedom. It's equity. It's liberty. It's just compensation. So yeah, that's the reason for the season. Straight up. All right. So, um, slave trade act of 1794, and, uh, and um, I'll bring it up again because they codified it. You can get a copy of the act. Slave Trade Act of 1794. It was passed by the United States Congress. It prohibited American ships, which we're talking about maritime law, right, from engaging in international slave trading. So it was signed into law by George Washington on uh, March 22nd, 1794. Okay? So this is the first of several anti-slavery trading acts that was done by Congress up until the 1800s, right? So in 1800, Congress... Uh, they strengthened what they was doing, right, when they started giving out fines and shit like that. So if you look today, it's under Public Law 3-11. Uh, it's um, Statutes at Large, one stat, 347, okay? And it's signed by the Third Congress. So I would highly suggest that you get a copy of that, all right? All right, so we'll take a quick break, and then we'll open up the call lines. Man, it's open for Friday. You want to holler at me? We here. Um, I know some of y'all late getting in. I'm starting. I'm starting the shows on time. By the way, now I'm trying not to be on on cover people time. All right. <laughs> so raise your hand if you want to holler at me, man. And we'll be right back. Yeah. When I get big fat, you went about it the wrong way, so we can't fix it. I'm so scratchy. 
she mad at you So she come fuck me, forget back uh, uh. Next time you bring me up, just make sure you stay big fat Tell the truth Big fat, big fat Big fat, big fat Big fat, big fat Big fat, big fat Tryna shatter me with lies, I ain't with that Tell the truth Big fat, big fat Big fat, big fat Big fat, big fat Real big fat Why they mad? Cause I'm on fire and they ain't lit yet What's that, what's that? And it's big fat Big fat, big red Big fat, big fat Back in big set Got a big, big bag Jump in big gap Get back splat I'm on it strong What's that, what's that? Muscle six pack Uh, strong They want my spot and don't deserve it Can't forget that Who you hitting it? How you miss that? I was the freshest nigga in the party Louis V down, shades by Bagari Whole out of body gone up a card See you on them feet, I'm coming like I'm Cardi I'll expose you niggas and bitches I'm back in that mode and things You niggas is getting too big for your britches You need some new clothes and things Why everybody hit money bag? This the topic, nigga AP on me, cost a bag Water faucet, nigga Never ever did some sucker shit Like pay to take a nigga off a show She a green like she a go Mac on the fucking duck the hoe Well, I got big fat You went about it the wrong way So we can't fix it I'm so scratch She mad at you So she come fuck me, forget back Next time you bring me up Just make sure you stay big fat Tell the truth Big fat, big fat Big fat, big fat Big fat, big fat Big fat, big fat Trying to shatter me with lies I ain't with that Tell the truth Big fat, big fat, big fat, big fat, big fat, big fat, real big fat. Why they mad? Cause I'm on fire and they ain't lit yet. What's that, what's that? And this big fat, big one. Here goes some more education. Here goes some more speculation. Here go. I took the money, went buy me some guns. I like the bitch up like it's Vegas. Keyboard killer, tough on Twitter. Making posts, giving statements. Niggas full of guns, PlayStation. Can't kill me, I'm a Jason. Yeah, go fed, Mason. Federal. Lock like dreads, Haitian. Haitian. You want my place? Take it. Take it. You hit with the drum, Katie. You ain't my partner, nigga. Only hang around up a solid nigga Say they won't smoke, but when you see them, they none toxic nigga Ain't no pimp, but get your hoe Before I knock a nigga These little hitters wanna shoot through a movie Album, drop a nigga Draco, Draco, hit him, it go splat Turn him in a play, don't lay on flat Drippin' in the outer with the hat Riding with it on me, never let any else's Well, I got big fat You went about it the wrong way, so we can't fix it I'm so scratch, she mad at you So she come fuck me, forget back Next time you bring me up, just make sure you stay big fat Tell the truth Big fat, big fat, big fat, big fat Big fat, big fat, big fat, big fat Tryna shatter me with lies, I ain't with that Tell the truth Big fat, big fat, big fat, big fat Big fat, big fat, real big fat Why they mad? Cause I'm on fire and they ain't lit yet What's that, what's that? And it's big fat, big one All right, peace of God, we back. A um, couple things before I go to the call lines, if anybody want to talk about anything. Um, I wanted to just remind you of a few things. Um, it's something we've talked about probably over the years, forever. Um, <clears throat> okay, the first of which, right, is a refugee. And I, and I want to I wanna make this very clear because when you do nationality, you do become a stateless person. And that's part of the reason why you go back into the state. And y'all have to remember that when you go back into the state, the state that you're going back into might not always have been a free state, right? I was born in a free state. Not everybody was born in what would have been considered a free state, right? So that's the first thing that's of major importance is to understand that the refugee, generally speaking, right, is somebody who's been displaced that this or, or has had forced displacement, right? A lot of niggas are, are voluntarily displacing these kids through nationality, not understanding what's happening, right? So forced displacement 
as a result of some type of persecution, there's conflict, right? And, and, um, the United Nations has programs to deal with shit like this, like the United Nations Relief and the, the Work Agency, okay, all of that different stuff, right? And people will seek asylum. Right? Matter of fact, <clears throat> um, you know, I guess you could call me one of them asylum seekers. I had to go back to my state, right? Because it was a free state, right? Um, and, a, and at least established relations, right? Because liberty is different depending upon where you at. <laughs> they got more liberty in Colorado than they do in California. You got more liberty in New Jersey sometimes than you do in New York. Can you get on a subway in New York with a pistol? Nope. Right? Can can you you know? Can you open carry without a permit, right, in D.C.? But you, but no, no, but you can do it in Missouri. You can do it in Kansas, right? So liberty looks different depending upon where you at. Now, remember, to be stateless, and there's a movie too called Stateless, y'all should check out right here. Um, it talks about being an occult escaping somebody that was a refugee, right? Um, there, was a, there was a cult escapee, there was a refugee. So it's an office worker and a bureaucrat, right? Um, and they're all in this immigration detention center, right? And, and they're all stateless, right? You, you, y'all gotta check that out, right? But statelessness in international law is a person, someone who is not considered as a national by any state under the operation of this law. Some stateless people are also refugees, but not all refugees are stateless, and many people who are stateless have never crossed the international border. So when you do your nationality, you better be damn specific about how you're doing it. Right? And understand that you don't want to get thrown back into, um, you don't want to get thrown back in time, I should say. Right? In a system that you don't understand. It won't be to your benefit, I assure you. Okay? Um, now, and I'll, and I'll say this, and then we can move forward. Right? Um, there's always the conflict of law. Okay? The conflict of law uh, it deals specifically, we talk about nationality, how your nationality is acquired. And this goes back to does the Constitution apply to you? Can you use the Constitution? Can you use the state or federal Constitution? Can you use the treaties? Treaties don't apply to people who, who wasn't born in, in, in this country. Okay? So, just solely, and when I say this country, I'm talking about the landmass that we call North America. Okay? Now, just solely is the right to the soil, which denotes the genius by which nationality was acquired through birth on the territory of the states. Okay? This is common in America. Everybody, this is why we don't this why nobody, anybody in America wants to be a slave today because we have just solely here because they in, implemented birthright citizenship. Then you have just sanguineness, which is the right of blood. So when niggas want to talk about gangs and all that other shit, let's get down to the brass tax company, right? One, one group of individuals has the right to be here to the soil. The other group of individuals, right, at one point in time, had the right to be here through blood. And what if you got both, right? So, because the right of blood is a regime by which nationality is acquired through descent, right? Usually from a parent who's a national, 
almost all states in uh, Europe, Asia, Africa, the Oceania, they all grant citizenship at birth based upon the principle of just angles, right? So a um, person who, who doesn't have either is normally considered a stateless person. Okay. So y'all need to understand how statelessness plays into the whole idea of slavery, right? And and being considered to be contraband. Right? Then you can look at it by sex, right? Certain places like um, Algeria, Morocco, Senegal, okay? The acquisition of nationality is done through uh, uh, the sin of your parents, right? Uh, irrespective of where the child was born. So you got women in like you know, 30 countries or so, right, who cannot pass their nationality onto their offspring. So they better choose wisely, right? Fortunately, that doesn't happen here. Okay. So when you look at things like Freedmen's Bureau, which, which is, you know, I, I would suggest that you go back and look at Freedmen's Bureau as well, right? Because the Freedmen's Bureau dealt directly with this. And notice they got rid of the Freedmen's Bureau because the Freedmen's Bureau was put in place to help displace refugees after the war, a.k.a. your more. Okay, the people who, who became quote unquote freedmen. Okay, so, so you look at the Confiscation Act, 1861, 1862, 1863, they did the Emancipation Proclamation. By 1865, they, they created the Freedmen's Bureau, which is a bureau for relief of freedmen and refugees. This was to provide food, shelter, clothing, medical services, uh, land to displace southerners who lost their land, including newly freed melanated people. Okay? And let me let me tell you this, right? The, the whole five civilized tribes, a lot of their ancestors were already in other tribes that were civilized. But because they didn't assimilate, they they were known as uncivilized and they got destroyed and a lot of their history got destroyed. And they got pushed over to tribes. They went to tribes that were, quote-unquote, civilized for protection. So the Freedmen's Bureau was to operate um, during the present war of rebellion, as they call it, right? And, and then it was to operate for the year after that, right? And then a few years after that, it was supposed to keep going. Uh, but it established, I think it might have been Woodrow Wilson. Um, they got rid of it. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's who it was, right? But... Um, this was to establish schools, supervise contracts between freedmen and employers. Um, it was to help manage confiscated uh, lands and lands that had been abandoned. Because remember, a lot of these people left their land to go fight, right? So the battle to establish the Freedmen's Bureau and then extend the legislation was a big deal. Um, it was Andrew Johnson, right, and, and other radical so-called Republicans in Congress, okay, and this is where your Reconstruction Act came through, so make sure you get a copy of the Reconstruction Act, too, right? And this is also where the role of the federal government was to step in and help integrate 4 million people into a system, a political life system, right? And this is, this is what your whole matrix shit is about, right? Now, um, in 1863, a guy by the name of uh, Elliot uh, T.D. Elliot, 
Okay, he was in Massachusetts. He proposed the bill establishing what they call the Bureau of Emancipation within the Department of War. Now, just so you know, the Department of War is now known as the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Okay. So this gave him um, aid. This is where your 40 acres and the mule came from. Okay. Um, they actually passed this bill in 1864, March the 1st. Okay. Um, the bill was then referred to the Senate uh, Committee on Slavery and Freedom okay, and all that stuff. So we got to really see that this, this whole thing of taking property right, and leaving people without some form of just compensation and paying them. It's been going on for so long. They continue to do it, right? They continue to do it. Alright. So I just really want y'all to get this. Alright. Um Sunday. We're gonna really dive into this shit more more on Sunday. And um it's Friday though, man. So the car lines are wide open. You wanna holler at me? Alright, feel free to ask whatever. Um I'm available for consultations, make more commerce dot com. I got a webinar coming up. I'm gonna be going into the gun trust. Alright, so I'll be establishing that webinar soon. And if you're in the cryptocurrency, I got a webinar coming up for that too on trust. Alright, so a few things that we're working on, man. A bit behind the scenes working. I got some heavy stuff I'm working on behind the scenes. So hopefully, uh, you know, we, we, we can start bringing new information to the forefront. Um, there's a lot of powerful information that has yet to be brought to the forefront. Alright. And we still, you know, as y'all know, we, we constantly um, are diving into the stuff. I talked to a brother the other day, you know, who, you know, he's showing me acts I've never seen before. So, you know, each one teach one with that. But um, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back. Open up the call line if you want to holler at me, all right? Peace to the gods. Personally, niggas rather work for the man than to work with me Just so they can pretend they on my level, that shit is irking to me Pride always going for the fall, almost certainly It's disturbing what I grow What I grow Survey says you not even close Everybody's bosses to the time to pay for the office To them invoices separate the men 
from the boys over here We measure success for how many people successful next to you Here we say you broke if everybody is broke except for you Ow. Ain't nothing to it Real one But my mama with my great great grandchildren already rich. That's a lot of brown turn on your Forbes list. Frolicking around my compound on my fortress. Oh, I'll be riding around with my seat reclining. Dropping my daughter off at school every morning. We swimming all doors. I beat your ballin' on these bum whores. You ain't talking about nothing. I ain't got no time. Gotta relax Toes in the sand Mama getting fat Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. All right, we're back. We're back. I was just taking a look at some of these comments in the chat. Y'all be going in on the chat, right? Man said, how can you sell your soul? It does not belong to you. Who's it belong to? The universe? I mean everybody's opinion is different. Right? I'm just I'm just here to tell you that, you know, <clears throat> certain certain groups and individuals believe that they own your soul. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Right? I'm not I'm not here to debate who owns who who really owns this shit. I'm just trying to tell you that, you know, people believe that they can own the soul. You know, um, but can you got an encounter with your shit? Like, when you were you able to really face your soul? Like, on an awesome, real, genuine shit? Like, you may never know. Like, listen, until you've been through spiritual warfare, like, the shit may not ever make sense to people. Right? Um, but, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? You know, but, you have groups of people out here who, who who believe that you know they can save their soul. And, and if you really think about this, I actually, matter of fact, I'll, I'll just I'm gonna read it to y'all real quick because I found it interesting. And this this kind of goes to what the brother mentioned, okay? But 
this was an article, right? And the article came out recently, right? <clears throat> the article it talked about um, it talked about the fact that scientists believe that the soul um, doesn't die; it just goes back to the universe, right? And I said, well, that's some interesting shit, right? How the fuck would they have known that, right? Um, but I'm reading to you, and that's what it says. It says, according to the explanations of scientists, the human brain could be like a biological computer, and also that human consciousness is a process which runs like a quantum computer located inside the brain. It says, the next thrilling thing is that experts explain the human soul comes back to the universe and it doesn't die. It says, the soul is maintained in a microtubules of brain cells, according to the American physicist and Demetrius in the Department of Anesthesiology and Psychology, right? And mathematical physicist at Oxford University, Sir Roger Penrose. As to them, the process is named as what they call, quote, orchestrated objective reduction. Isn't that interesting, right? Or work or Since the theory indicates that even the human is clinically dead, the microtubes in the human brain lose their quantum state, but at the same time, it can withhold the memory inside the brain. So they're basically saying everybody's a crib. <laughs> they say everybody walking around here dead, right? We all crib keepers, right? Now, lately on the Science Channel, ongoing documentary show through the wormhole, uh, Dr. Hammerhall figured, let's say the heart stops beating, the blood stops flowing, the microtubes lose their quantum state. The quantum information within the microtubes is not destroyed. It can't be destroyed, he says, and it just distributes and dissipates to the universe at large. He says if the patient is uh, resuscitated, revived, this quantum information can go back into the microtubes, and the patient says, I had a near-death experience. If they're not revived and the patient dies, it's possible that the quantum information can exist outside the body, perhaps indefinitely, as a soul. Now, according to the explanation of Dr. Hemhoff, human souls are much more than the soul's interaction and neurons in the human brain. Says that this theory illustrates that these souls could have stood since the very beginning of time. Now, isn't that some interesting shit? Because you have to wonder how are they measuring this, right? Where, where, where are they getting this information from to measure shit like this, right? But you're right, energy doesn't die, as we know. Can't be destroyed. It just transfers from one thing to another. Exactly. All right, we're gonna take some calls. Car lines wide open. Uh, let's go to one 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 one. One line. Hey there, how are you? You doing well, yourself? Oh, I'm okay. Sorry for all the ones. Uh, <laughs> I think you read them all. Too. Um, yeah, education. That's all right. You on, you on private yeah. line? So good. What's up? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think education often is controlled by whoever the group is at the top. So in the case of marginalized communities in America, for example, education, official education, isn't controlled generally by black people, but by people that have the voting power. We are a minority in America, and even in communities where we are the majority, we find, well, I've found that our leaders tend to be in the pockets of the establishment, the status quo. So mm -hmm. it makes it very difficult to improve the schools. The solution may be um, self-education 
of ourselves and our children. Even though we pay taxes, we should get quality schools. But I think schools tend to, not always, but tend to create either coons or people that aren't able to communicate the slave language and get a, you know, traditionally accepted job. Um, so it's, I just think it's very tough. The, uh, another solution may be having a more African-centric education because just like Irish Americans know about Ireland and Italian Americans know about Italy and have a respect for it, for African Americans and Afro-Latinos, uh, without that root, I think we will miss the boat and we will try to be very good Americans under this system or very good British citizens under their system, but none of those systems are really designed for us, even though we built the systems for the most part as mm-hmm. slaves and indentured servants. I don't see how the system has worked in 400 plus years for our benefit. So, so what's just, let me ask you this then, because you know there, there's a great deal of history that, that tells us that, that many so-called black people never came off a slave ship. They were never in Africa. So with, with that being said, what system would you um, surmise would, would benefit those group of people um, whose ancestors were always here, who, who got assimilated as uh, citizens of the United States? Yeah, some of us were already here. We crossed the Bering Strait mm-hmm. and came, and we have what people call mm-hmm. Native Americans, even though we've been um, almost wiped out through, you know, lightning of our skin. Yeah. So we were here, some of us, but a m- large portion of us came as um, slaves. Um, the education that would empower us is exactly that education that we weren't taught about the truth about who the Native Indians are the truth about their diets and the trail of tears, the truth about the slaves that didn't make it here, that jumped off the boat or that escaped in Africa. Where did they go? What did they do? What were their thought processes? Is there any evidence that they left? You know, the more I just don't think that they could have brought that many people over here from Africa, seeing how, you know, how, you know, the, the number one, the journey from here to Africa is quite a long journey, depending on what part of Africa you come from. You know, and you look at the, the history facts of the, the Santa Maria, the Penta, and all of that, right? There were only two slave ships, so then you got to look at the Dutch, uh, Dutch Trade Company, right? And you look at their records, right? And you see how many people they actually brought over here, as well as that many people, right? They, they, brought, they brought some Africans over here, but those of us who weren't African, I, I would have to say that, that you're correct. And saying that we need to look at at the, the Native Americans, but what about before that? What about the Olmecs, or the Moors, the people that were here prior to that? Did yeah, I wasn't ignoring the Olmecs of Mexico. My focus was on what we consider the modern American geographic landscape. So, of mm. course, we could go back to the Olmecs and even the Taínos of the Caribbean. That is one approach. Yeah. But a simpler yeah. approach that more people would be able to comprehend and buy into is within the confines of America, as we presently know it, the geographic confines, where did those dark people come from? And some were already here, some weren't. I don't know if the number that you could give or I could give would change the fact that it would be important to change the history lesson to reflect more of them. Um, you sound like you may think that most of the people were already here, 
I am of the school of thought. Well, that I don't think I know. Most of the people uh, were. Yeah, it's, well, well, I mean that that's we're gonna have a, a difference of opinion there because it's it's not a matter of me thinking that most of us were here. I I have I have records showing where a lot of my ancestors were already here. Matter of fact. A lot of my ancestors were Iroquois, and, and they gave the first constitution to the Europeans. Um, you know, so if, if you know, and if we're talking about prior to that, you you can go back and look at some of the oldest history records. Matter of fact, there, there's a book. Um, it's called the um, it's called the the latest and greatest, um, and it's a huge book, right? It's huge, something like a thousand pages, right? I mean, it's it's huge. It's a great big book, but. This book shows all of the indigenous peoples that were in America, right? And, and you have to say, okay, well, um, if you if you go back and look at these pictures of of so-called Native Americans, right, before they mixed in with Mongoloid blood, they were dark-skinned. They were dark-skinned people, right? And and we've been. This is the oldest uh, continent. In the world, and that's been scientifically proven. You know, so I, I just, you know, I, I can't go with the whole back to Africa movement because I ain't never been to Africa. I ain't one person in my family ever come from Africa. You know, well, Africa, Cherokee, Choctaw, uh, well, but most people listen. People were always on this landmass. Unless you can, unless you can historically prove to me that everybody in this country came from Africa. I can't buy that. But I never said I'm that, just, brother. You have taken that from my presentation. I, w- I actually started off and said Native Indians. You're taking part of my yeah, presentation and, and attacking it. I'm not I, saying I, that I'm, all. No, 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 no. There's no, there's no attacking because you also said. No, it's not negative. Attack is not negative, whether in martial arts or chess. Attack is a lesson, and you have to. We and all of us have to learn to defend. I'm not talking like police brutality attack. <laughs> No. Um, well, well, no. Well, well, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an educational lesson for for all of us online. You know, I mean, I I'm not going to ever knock somebody's opinion. You know, and, and if we can debate with historical facts, that's that's perfect. Uh, you know, there's always a difference of opinion, though. I, I just, you know, the whole farce of saying, and I'm not saying that you said this, but you know, of, of teaching in these schools that that we were all slaves and and, and you know. We come from nothing, and now we're something. I think that's some bullshit. Well, even if someone thought that we were all slaves, they would be wrong, but it wouldn't remove the fact that the educational system itself needs to improve and change some of the I teaching. Agree. You know what I, I mean? Agree. And even if we say none of us came as slaves and we were all native, whatever, aboriginals here, that would still mean that the educational system needs changing. The only slight difference would be some people that may have your thought process would say, hey, listen, I feel stronger that more of us were already has Native Indians. And some of us that have more of my thought process would say, hey, I think that it may have been equal or a slight majority that may have come on the ship. However, just like the Republicans and Democrats that are Anglo-white, it doesn't mean we're enemies. It doesn't mean we go downstairs and say, yo, meet me downstairs, nigga. You know, it means we say, hey, listen, we got, you know. And it's okay. So, we then break so, so then some I pizza think, and I have think some. That we can both agree. Yeah. Well, well, I think that we can both agree then that, that a lot of our ancestors were what they call seafarers, right? And so, oh, they, yeah. so, so they they traveled. Yeah, um, some came here from, from yeah, Kathy, just like Kathy. some of the Vikings. Definitely, yeah. If you look at pictures okay. of so, original Native Indians, they were dark yeah. people. I mean, I show this to my exactly. students all the time. 
It's just that they were lightened up over time. And now some of them, of course, don't identify with dark people because they're no longer dark and it's easier to migrate exactly. into the white Anglo society than it is to say, yo, I'm black, shoot me, beat me down. I want some more suffering. I could see why, you know, some light-skinned people do that. It's a, it's a very yeah. it's a well, big challenge to have dark skin it, it in is. a racist system. It, 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 it very much is. I mean, you can go down somewhere like Mexico, Right, where, yeah. where the people have been lightened up, you know, and actually yeah. you see a picture of their grandparents, you know, like oh, two, yeah. three generations ago, and they were mm-hmm. and they were chocolate, you know. They, they have a song skin. about it, bro. There's a song that talks about your grandmother being chocolate. It's a, it's a, I think it's a Dominican or Puerto Rican song, and it talks how that person is kept secret. No one wants to show the person. You remember Celia oh, yeah. Cruz, but, the Cuban Afro Latino no. star? Okay, well, no, she she's the, she is probably, as an Afro-Latina and even Latina, one of the top five in modern history. Well, she also was a singer, et cetera, and she left Cuba. Well, they made her a slave. Not a slave, my mistake. They made her a maid in one of the telly, what they call those Spanish things that come on TV? Telly something. A, sl- a, 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 a maid, bro. And she was a legend at the time, more popular than all the women on the TV shows. So so the same thing that African-Americans, Afro-Caribbean people go through that are more of the British former um, slave or Taino, not always slaves, Tainos were already there. They take our greatest and make them subservient, bow down to the white supremacist psychopathic system. And then what does that tell our young children? Oh, well, if they can make... This star bow down. Who am I? I'm, you know, I'm basically nobody in this system, unknown, with fifteen dollars in my family's name. You know, it's it's very tough to overcome, man. But it has to be overcome, or we'll be uh, wiped out. There will be no black people left oh, on the planet without a dark I, skin. I, I think I can agree with that. You know, I, I you know, that if I go back two generations of my own family, you know, my grandmother's father was as dark as the night sky, right? And so mm-hmm. it makes me think about. Um, you know about like the Joseph Dungey case with Abraham Lincoln, right? Where where it was it was said that just because you were you know, and this is where the guy said, "Hey, I'm a Moor," right? And, and mm-hmm. you know, the judge says, "Well, are you a Moor? M O O R R M O O R E, right?" Mm-hmm. And and then it was said that just because you were born with dark skin does not make you a crime, but what you call yourself is what made it a crime, mm-hmm. right? And so and so I think. Too many of us have been assimilated to to go with what they want to call us versus what we want mm-hmm. to call ourselves. Yeah, you know, black, black Negro, I, you know, colored, you, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're using the term "more," right, in this man mass, that then that means that you got access to treaties. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. you have that. You have access to things that that uh, regular so-called black folks. Won't have them, yeah. They, they, don't, they don't have, right? And, and mm-hmm. to preserve our culture and our history, I think it starts with a good understanding of who you are and knowing the yep. laws that protect you. Mm-hmm. True. Because you know what I'm imagine I mean, waking up this morning. Imagine you and I waking up this morning and not knowing who we are. Just knowing, okay, I have hands, I have feet. What's my name? Who am, what's my legal right to live Jeez, in this home? Some people wouldn't um, know home. their name if you didn't tell it to them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but think about this also, bro. You notice how our celebrities often marry and date light-skinned people? So if it's a rich black yeah. woman, look at the husband or the boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Look at Serena Williams. 
Yeah. E, she married a, a rich white billionaire. Yeah. And and that's the problem. Now, statistically, once in a while, this is normal for a person that is of a different hue, that is lighter, for there to be love. But when this is about 70% of our black billionaires and celebrities, Oprah Winfrey, etc., it becomes a problem. And it becomes a systemic, a system pattern. And then the lighter-skinned blacks often say, oh, come on, that's not an issue. So they want us to believe that racism exists from the white world, from many whites. But when it comes to our community, the mango skin doesn't have a, a often a superiority complex toward the darker skin. And it's nonsense. It comes into our community in many ways more than in the white community. We often yeah, hold I, ourselves yeah, I, find that, I find that to be interesting because you because you will find that you have people in our in in, in the melanated culture who, who who tend to reverse the script and they'll, and they'll go and find them a European. Meanwhile, you'll get a rich European who says, "I want somebody melanated." You know, yeah, look at the crown of England. <laughs> look at the princess of of the princess of Wales or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, you mean Megan? Megan Markle. That's a perfect example, and that's why they got ousted too. You don't think that was so. a political public relations? Uh, of course, it, of course stuff. it was. But they, but they still had a kid together. Yeah, yeah, but but think about it. Most of the British subjects are brown and black people in India, the Caribbean, Central South America. Just like the Catholic Church, you have to sometimes appease the people and give them the illusion, the illusion of this inclusion. Is, this is true. You know. That's this just how I think about so, it. Well, you know. Because people, people, people are waking up, and, and people also, mm-hmm. it's not hard to find the history to find that that there were Moors who originally ran the crown of England. So the the original queen of England was never a European. She was she. I mean, she she wasn't. You know, the the, the original royal family was melanated. So yeah, I think it's a political agenda behind it. You know, but they but at a certain point. With the internet, you just can't hide some of this shit no more. It's hard you to know? hide truth. Mm-hmm. It's too hard to hide the truth now, you know. And and and, and that's why you know it's never worth unless somebody comes with the facts. You don't have to debate anybody with shit because you can just hop online, you know, and Google some shit and it pops right up for you. Yeah, you know. And by the way, and you, you probably know this: the ancient Greeks. Skin color wasn't an issue with them. No, before that, the ancient Greeks, before the the Greco-Roman Empire, the Greeks Mm -hmm. that worshipped Imhotep, this skin color thing, they they weren't into that. Yeah. Many of them were darker Mm -hmm. like us. What happened was Alexander the Great, by the time he became a Greek leader. hmm? Did we get Marcus Aurelius and all of that? Yeah, and then we got the start of... Now, there was also the Aryans, they, that invaded in this valley. They also infused mm. racism before Alexander the Great. So I think from mm. those two spinoffs, we got a lot of what we see today because Hitler was following the Aryan, not knowing that the Aryans were from uh, the Indus Valley parts of Pakistan and Egypt. I think those two things were the start of much of our present downfall for the most part. When I say for the most part, not of all of us are down, having downfall, but Financially, politically, uh, yeah, and educationally, yeah. we're getting we, jacked as up. As people, we've been dealing with, yeah, as a, well, it's, a, it's a, somewhat of a generational curse, multi-generational yeah. curse. 
yeah. you know, to you know, to, to keep you away from knowledge, to make mm-hmm. you desolate, you know, to, to, to put you in a welfare state. You know, they love that shit. You know, the, the elite to back to, you know, the, the, the less people that we got that's rich, the better. Mm. You're referring yeah. to wealth you're referring to welfare state as in the way that blacks Sometimes to receive help from the government or just the general phrase. Well, 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 well the, it's a, it can be a general phrase. It depends on how you're looking at it, right? Because the, the 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 welfare state that we know of in the United States is one thing, right? But there's there's a welfare state all around the world. You know, the, uh, there are, there are countries that you can go into right now, right? Um, and we're talking about happiness, health, bad fortune. That's a welfare state. Uh, social social injustice. That's a welfare state. Did everybody? Yeah, I just ask because sometimes the right wingers use the term as a way to say black folks shouldn't receive um, assistance if they need it in medical, in school. In no, school. no I, I'm no, just clarifying. Don't forget, we on the radio. Someone will take a oh, yeah, no, of what you say. No, and... <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. No, I ain't, I ain't saying that. Listen, some people need food stamps, right? Some people good. just like just yeah. like when when they when Trump was in office and they were trying to cancel her a wick and all of that, right? And you had mothers who who couldn't get the milk for a minute, what yeah. for the babies and shit. That that's not right, right? Some there yeah. are some people who you tell them to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and they ain't got no boots. Yeah, it's not feasible. Right. Meanwhile, a corporation can get a bailout from the government, not pay taxes, and then downsize after they get the bailout. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Listen, um, you know, I've been in business uh, for over ten years, and when it came time, you know, to get a PPP, right? Um, you know, they they wouldn't give my business any, any money for that. Right? Oh, me, I didn't even apply. Yeah, I didn't listen, apply. Listen, I, I I'm here to tell you, I, I had my trustee apply for it, and they wouldn't. And give you it didn't to get me. it. Wow. No, we didn't get it. We didn't yeah. get it. But, in, but, and meanwhile, that's people that were illegitimate got it. People that were lying, and then yeah. they go in after hey, them to put that, them in jail. Okay. But legitimate people can't yeah. get it. Hey, hey, hey! Then, then let the dogs eat, let the dogs eat each other. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean, this the, the way I see it is it's probably a, a good thing I didn't take the bread anyways because this just to eat though. We're not to eat this all. Mm-hmm. You know. That's you why know, I there's, there's other ways to get it. Well, oh yeah, but that's a, but in a way better. that's a that's a welfare state too. Yeah, let's push money into the economy. Let's have people take the money, and and then let's penalize them. Yeah, as much as you can later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's corrupt. It's very corrupt. education is the solution, I think. The, the right education. That's that's why when I saw the title oh, yeah. of your show, I said, okay, this is very relevant. And that's why many of the racists and the coons are fighting um, critical race theory, that they claim that it'll make oh. people angry. Well, history oh, yeah. can I make you that. angry. It's in, okay. In Florida. Yeah. That's what they just banned critical race theory in Florida. Mm. The entire state? Well, actually, I'm sorry. They didn't ban it. They're, they're working on banning it okay, okay. right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you... The, the governor, if you look it up, the governor is trying to ban it. Oh, Newsom. Um, you know, and I, I, yeah, I, and I think that that's a problem too, because now now we're talking about you can't teach people about about history. 
you can't make kids think critical about the history that they. You well, know, the history as it relates to black people. You can think critically well, yeah, as the exactly. history relates to Anglo and white people, but if it's black people, no, no, that's too painful. We can only talk about the white versions of the Civil War and the War for Independence and September 11th. Everything else, Trail of Tears and Transatlantic Slave Trade. No, 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 no. That's going to cause people to cry. You can't know, have the kids crying. There's a girl who told me once. She said that she was, she was from Germany. And I said, I said, well, that's interesting. I said, do they teach you about the Holocaust? She told me no. I said, I said well, do you know anything about it? She told me, no, not really. I don't know much about it at all. Ah. So they don't even really teach you. talking about this person. This is a girl. This is a conversation I've been in the last two years. She's from Germany. She lives in Germany. But never was taught about the Holocaust. Wow. So they're so, doing the same thing in Germany. They're doing the same thing in a lot of places. Okay. Uh, the miseducation of the Negro. Yes, I have that of book. The people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a miseducation of the Negro is a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and those facts still hold to be true. Yeah, that miseducation in some ways, Tretch from Naughty by Nature talked about in a song he has that most people don't know. It's called The Chains Remain. I stumbled upon it about six months ago, eh, maybe a year. An awesome song. But they're not going to play that. They'll play OPP. <laughs> the chains <true>. remain. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, they'd rather you listen to niggas with attitude. I'm sorry, what'd you say? So they would rather you listen to niggas with attitude. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and then I mean, our community. I, you know, I, I can. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Our community, when you critique NWA, they think you're a hater or a sellout if you say, you know, the music itself is not something that we should be so proud of. Even though drug dealing and gangsters do exist in our community, why are the stars that are promoted the gangsters and the thugs? Why can't we have the bookworms and the computer geeks and the single fathers who are taking care of their kids? Because that's not cool. But, no, it's, it's, it's not, not cool. only isn't it cool, it, does, it doesn't perpetuate the stereotypes. But niggas with attitude perpetuates right. the stereotypes that the niggas are free and they can say whatever they want about the police and the white man and it's okay. And very often I think um, FBI agents become rap stars. Listen, there's a reason why, uh, and I believe that too, there's a reason why KRS-1 never got to be as big as it should have been. Oh, yeah. You were not even amazing. You know. I mean, KRS-One came around the same time as Jay-Z did. If not, a little bit yeah. before. Right? Yeah, uh, why does, yeah, yeah, I think like why 84, is he, why is he right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Jay-Z you know, may have been a, a bit earlier. Well, you because know? no, he speaks you know, too much truth. And he won't exactly. sell out. Exactly. And Jay-Z is so, a black business person, but not a black woke well, person. <laughs> he, he, he's woke enough to know, you know, how to play their game. So, I think that, you know, it's also about how much you care for your own people. You know, do you care about your own people enough to try to save them? And, and these dudes, they get to a point where they realize, you know, hey, I better try to help somebody, some people out and save some souls how I can. So, then they, then they put out information in their songs, you know, how they can. 
Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know many songs. Song. Like, uh, what song by Jay-Z? That song Jay-Z made on the 444 album. What he said, what we, um, it was called um, OJ. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard that song, but that's no. a perfect example. I don't go listen to OJ, right? But he's trying to tell you, you know, he's still calling, he's calling himself a nigga. You know, but he's still trying to tell you, hey, look, you should buy, you know, get you some property, shit like that. So they try to tell you in a way without being so out front about it. They give you what they call a blueprint. <laughs> well, do you think, though, that if... One of us is a superstar putting out songs, and a hundred of our songs create sellout coons and people that go the wrong path. And one song reaches maybe, you know, 5,000 people that go the positive path. If we do the math, the path of destruction <laughs> destroyed more people. So, you know, it's, I don't know if we, well, I'm not saying you're justifying, but I don't know if we as a people can justify the destruction, somebody burning down a hundred homes and then saving two people from one of the homes, I think that selling out is selling out. And I'm pretty I disappointed. Yeah. Well, I, I personally don't think that you can justify anybody uh, coming from, you know, the page of selling out. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like snitching, you know, it's just saying, you know, people, you know, in our community, you know, people look out at, at snitches like sellouts. Same shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I, I think that you know, there has to be a moral fiber to any individual, especially when you're in, in the spotlight of cases, people, whether it's on a platform like this or on a world platform, you know, where your music's being distributed to millions of people. You still got to have some moral code. And, and the fact is, most of these cats don't. They don't. You know. Hey, you got to think about this, too, man. Where's, where's this shit going to be at in another 30 years? We still going to be talking about killing people on songs? Because, you know, that... You know, there's certain facts that love that. Mm. I mean, you know, so I, you know, we 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 got a little bit off subject, but I, but I, I think that it does tie into what we talked about today because it does oh, yeah, deal. Yeah, it's all related. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. it does deal with the issue, um, you know, of slavery in a sense, just as mental slavery that we all look at too. Mm. It ain't just physical. There's a there's a there's a whole lot of people that's locked up in, in that matrix of their mind. Yeah. So. By the way, I'd like to quickly tell you about the snitching side. I see brothers and sisters doing, you know, selling whatever. I never call the popo. But if I see somebody beating up a child, I'm going to talk to them. And if they act up, I'm going to call the popo. But I have a, another point also. Well, there's I, a no I snitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, hell yeah, I think you should, bro. I, I'm yeah. all for that. I mean, I don't, you know, come on, dealing with the baby, that's a different aspect. You know, you put your hands on the child, you, you just get hurt. You lucky if I, you lucky if I don't get your ass for a police station. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, a different so, story. So imagine a situation where there um, is someone killed in the community that's um, a good person, and somebody knows. There's no snitching policy of the community is good, here's the problem. We don't have a replacement security force. So ha- if we had a security force, we could call on and say, hey, brothers and sisters, uh, so-and-so, little Johnny killed Grandma Moses, I know. Let's have a meeting. That we good. But who do we call? Zero. 
Um, we often have great ideals as a community and individually, but we don't put the infrastructure in place to make the ideals a reality. So then it's all a pipe dream. Because either you call in 911 or you beat the person up on your own or you ignore it or you call someone, you know, someone else, a friend and gossip about it. We don't have any infrastructure. Well, we don't have a financial well, well, infrastructure. Well, that's, that's true. We, we, we don't. We don't. And, you know, I was looking at something the other day, and um, what's that rapper name? Takashi, right? Oh, um, yeah. You know, he snitched. Yeah, so, so he snitched. And then he had to have security around him. And I was looking at how much it cost him. He had to have, it cost him $1.6 million a year to have private security around him because he could no longer walk around by himself. Right? And, and then, you know, he, uh, he actually lost a bunch of that money. And so now he, he, he didn't win and hide in that say. But what's interesting about that, though, is the fact that, you know, <clears throat> that whole snitching thing, you know, obviously if we had if we had a system where, where we was able to confront each other, you know, things would probably be a lot better. Let me just put it like, like that, right? Because the European don't, don't really care. European, Europeans like, let the animals eat themselves. That's how they look at it. Yeah, you know how, how many how, how many black deaths or you know melanated deaths, how many Moors are out here that kill each other, and the shit doesn't never get investigated properly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, if we had our own security force, um, not only would it mean that less of us would get killed or brutalized by law enforcement and the cop, cops and the jails, etc. But we'd also take a lot of the funding away from the courts and jails, which could be used for the community, in fact, to fund the self-community policing force, to fund social programs, to fund radio hosts that are doing good shows where you say, hey, listen, this show needs a bigger budget for advertising or, you know, for computer equipment or for promotional T-shirts. But military and law enforcement tend to get a lion's share of what should go to the people. You know, and it's um, right, it's that's, that's why I would have preferred Bernie for the presidency. Bernie was a much better choice. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, he probably would have been better. That's for sure. He probably would have, I'm sure it would have been a lot better than Joe Biden. But, but you know, yeah. like you know, we, we see what Biden come out there, which is pretty much nothing. And he would have been a better white yeah. president than Harris. Oh, she ain't. I mean, you know, she she was good for morale. But that's about yeah, it. she was a quick boost of morale, but that was it. She, I think, she relates yeah. more to non-blacks, etc., than to us. We basically just go to them and just smile with them, make them feel happy. I felt the same way about Obama the second term, not the first term. I had a lot of hope in him, and then I figured, wait a minute, he's eloquent, but ineffective for our real causes, especially that bear summit that he did. I thought, oh my goodness, dude is having a bear summit with the guy that harassed his friend. Um, Mr. Gates, kind of, you know, and he's the president calling this chump in. Man, that's a low blow. That's like the king calling in the guy, a, a commoner that, you know, slapped his friend around. Say, come on, let me have beer with you. That's how powerful the Anglo-white male is, you know. They're so powerful. Well, they just... I think I, I think one of the main things that the president did, Obama, he did for people, and I say this all the time, that, you know, I, I think it's effective. It's the fact that he put the, the Declaration of Human Rights for Indigenous Peoples in place. Right? He, or, excuse me, not that he put it in place, but he signed off on it 
and he tried to do something. He, he tried, you know. I mean, you know, they, they these, these people do what they can. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> they, they do what they can, but you got to remember that, you know, they're, they're still being controlled to a high extent. Well, what about executive orders? He could have signed, he could have done like executive Trump. Executive orders executive. mean nothing, though. Well, he, he could have, he definitely could have. But, he, but how yeah. many executive orders did Trump sign? They got, they got turned over as soon as Biden got in office. A whole bunch of them. So unless the president is pushing Congress to pass an act and sign it into law, see, the executive order is as good as me uh, writing on a piece of paper on a New Year's resolution. No, some executive you know. orders do make it through. At least he could have set the tone and say, look, I tried my best. I signed 400 executive orders. We got through 20. So I'm with you people. We're good. Now maybe someone else can take my executive order that didn't go through and work it. I just think... They did what they could. Do a good job. I, 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 I think he, 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 he did what he could, you know, within the realms of, you know, understanding that he still a, was a melanated man in that position. So, you know, you, you still, you know, even I mean, he, he even spoke on the Moors. So my, my thing is, is being in a position like that, you gotta be careful because, shit, they'll JFK you. He could have got JFK real quick. Well, that's a part of. Being for your people, your life is at risk. Whether or not, no, even as the president, that could have happened. Even the white president, that's possible, unfortunately. So that should be a determining factor. But but do you know why it happened to Lincoln and why it happened to JFK? Because they tried to adjust the monetary system. They tried to adjust the monetary system. I mean, Lincoln tried to come with the greenback. JFK tried to uh, also take us off the Federal Reserve standard. You know, I mean, that's why they can't build. So you don't think Lincoln was about the, keeping the um, North and South together in slavery? You think it was about the, the, the Greenback? Lincoln even said it himself that mm. that that his fight was not to free the slaves. Yeah, it had yeah. nothing to do with that. It was about the economy. Lincoln didn't mm. give a shit about it. Lincoln owned slaves. He didn't give a shit about the slaves. Mm. Okay. Now, yeah. you can go back as far as the, Wood, the, the Joseph Dungy case. He cared about Moors because he knew there was a difference between uh, so-called uh, Negroes and Moors. Like I said earlier, it was a crime to call yourself a Negro, but it was never a crime to call yourself a Moor. Okay. So that means that if you were born, if you were born with black skin, you called yourself a Moor. That separated you from those who called themselves Negroes. Mm. So none of the right. more so, as so, far as you know were lynched back in the day during slavery. I I, I never said that, but I, I, I no no I I'm not saying account. I'm not being rhetorical. I was just wondering. No, I I don't have okay. an account for any. Oh, okay, but you don't. I'm not, saying, I'm, not yeah. saying, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying it okay, didn't yeah, happen. Okay, yeah, but you say but yes. No, I I'm just yeah yeah I I don't know that you know I I, I okay let, let let's just take an example. Look at um. Uh, Abdul Rahman. Abdul Rahman was a prince. He came over here. Um, he was forced over here, okay, into slavery um, yeah. because he was, you know, he, he was captured in a war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Abdul Rahman spent half his his later years in slavery, even though his slave master knew that he was a slave. Yeah. Okay. He even tried to escape a few times. Okay? It wasn't until he found the treaty 
and he knew Arabic, so that helped. But it wasn't until he found a treaty of, of uh, Morocco, signed with the United States, that they then released him as a free man. That was when he got released. So then it begs the question to say that, okay, if that's what released him, he was African, right? Back then. What, what do you think is releasing us from bondage today? Because, I mean, you know, they didn't hang him mm-hmm. for, for coming forth to say he was a Moor. Because, you know, that would have been an easy thing to do back then. But but he also was, he also was uh, the cream of the crop amongst the slaves because he ran... He ran his own part of the plantation too. Okay. You know, so I'm not saying you know I, I I can never say that I don't think that any more is lynched. I just don't know. You know. Yeah. No, I understand. And, and, and I would I would hate to think that I hate to think that anybody you know was being lynched back then, but it was happening. Yeah, it was happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wondered because when you mentioned about the Moors and. Um, Moors, if you utilized the term back then, you would have been treated differently from the Negroes. I just thought, oh, that's interesting. And then I said, well, I wonder if they were also being lynched or if they were being um, spared. But it sounds like they probably were typically spared because otherwise you would have heard of at least one or two that were lynched. Now, well, it doesn't well, mean I, that none were, but many were. Yeah, mm-hmm. Not only were they spared, they were compensated. Oh, okay. Because if you go look at the Joseph Dungy case. Joseph Dungey was compensated because somebody called him a Negro. He said, he said, that's yeah, slander. I heard of the case, but I didn't know he was a Moor. He was a Moor. Okay. Jo- Joseph Dungey was a Moor. Mm. Um, hold on, because we got people on the line. And I'm going to pull it up right quick because I got it here. I got a book in here. So okay. this case was done. <clears throat> Let's see here. All right, so... All right, here we go. So, so the Joseph Dungeon case, and and this is one of those cases where, um, you know, a lot of people they don't they don't know about stuff like this, right? Because Abdul Rahman was in the 18th century, right? Um, so this was around the same time, but it was called the Black Bill case, right? And this is what it says: It was July, September 1992, number 23. It's among 10 original Lincoln documents discovered last summer in the Wilt County Courthouse. Is a bond for costs in the William Dungey versus Joseph Spencer. Okay, now it says uh, one unique slander case. Lincoln argued at the DeWilt County Circuit Court, uh, Clinton, Illinois, in May of October 1855. All right, it says in August 1851, William Dungey, a dark-skinned young man of Portuguese descent, married Joseph Spencer's sister. A family quarrel ensued, which became so bitter that in January 1855. Fisher claimed throughout the community that his brother-in-law, Black Bill, was a Negro. Since 1819, Illinois' laws permitted quasi-slavery and restricted the immigration of free blacks into the state. As northern states passed personal liberty laws granting additional rights to free blacks, Illinois toughened its stance against them. In 1848, Illinois' constitution required the General Assembly to pass such laws as will effectively prohibit free persons of color from immigrating to and settling in the state. Those prohibitions were passed as the Black Laws, okay, and went into force on February 12, 1853, the future emancipator's 44th birthday. William Dungey faced losing not only his reputation, but his marriage, his property, and the right to remain in Illinois. Section 10 of 1853 law stated that every person who shall have one-fourth Negro blood shall be deemed a mulatto. 
William does retain Abraham Lincoln to quash the possibility that he might be judged as a Negro and therefore suffer the penalties under the 1853 Act. Lincoln filed, so they was going to hang him, okay? So Lincoln filed his declaration charging Joseph Spencer with slander on April 17, 1855 and filed $1,000 in damages. A game of legal chess occurred uh, during the first hearing in May. Spencer's attorneys Clifton H. Moore and Lawrence Weldon filed a demur to Lincoln's declaration asserting that his charges were insufficient in law. Judge David Davis agreed that uh, the two, two of Lincoln's three charges were, were faulty. The case was continued, and Lincoln was allowed to amend the declaration at the time of the next court order. Okay? Now, uh, Lincoln undermines, uh, further undermines Spencer by using humor to persuade the jury that there was reasonable doubt regarding Dungey's race, okay? because the guy was going house to house calling him a nigger. Okay? So this is what Lincoln said. He says, my client is not a Negro, though it is a crime to be a Negro, no crime to be born with black skin. My client is not a Negro. His skin may not be as white as ours, but I say he is not a Negro, though he may be a Moor. Mr. Lincoln interrupted the Judge Davis, scarcely able to restrain a smile. You mean a Moor, M-O-O-R, not M-O-O-R-E? Well, Your Honor, Moor, M-O-O-R, not C-H, Moor, M-O-O-R-E, replied Mr. Lincoln with a sweep of his long arm toward the table where Moor and I sat. Uh, I saw my client, I say my client may be a Moor, but he is not a Negro. Okay? So there it is right there. I mean, they, they was, they was yeah. slandering this guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that, that that's just a little bit of this history that, you know, we have failed to, you know, to, to use. I mean, this is, and here's the thing about this, right? This is, um, this is what they call, um, Stereodysis Technically mm-hmm. Because it was the case that was decided on This is why I've had people in Illinois Who, who got their nationality done first First thing I ever did somebody's nationality Was Illinois And it went right through Okay, Because they understand how the law works out there It's the stereodysis You can't call me mm-hmm. African American Right If I don't want to be called that And that's also slander Puts you on a certain group of laws Subject to versus versus having the liberty and the freedom that you're supposed to have. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, just a little bit, man. I mean, you know, I, I think that a lot of us, a lot of people know this. People who are listening, people know this. But you know, for those who don't, people who go back and re-listen, you know, that's a that's a case that it's worth having a copy of. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, cool. I have a related yeah, question before you have to go because I know you got to go soon. You could, yeah, mm-hmm. The blog talks about the drop the axe <laughs> with their thank you for using yeah. blog talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, they're gonna drop the axe on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to driving, I've spoken to I have a friend that's uh, Israelite, but he also has a lot of research about Moors. Are the police able to pull you over and give you a ticket or? In other words, when you go through the into or if you have to go in the legal system, how does that work out? Do you get Oh, they can pull you tax. over at any time. I mean, I ride with my own tags and they still want to give me a problem. Right. So mm-hmm. um I, I think that in the aspect of of that, that's why we do injunctions. That's why you do an injunction on the right to travel. 
and you send it to the issue to the authorities that would pull you over, your local police, your sheriff, your state troopers, your highway patrol, and you deal with them straight up, right? Let them know because if they don't know, then they don't know, and they'll try to um, they'll, they'll try to step all over your rights. So I, whether you're Hebrew Israelite, because I know Hebrew Israelites that have done injunctions, right, and they've had success with not getting pulled over. Matter of fact, when you do your nationality, they, they put you in the system um, as a, what they call a protected person. <clears throat> so um, your car may not be protected, but they look at you as being protected. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so you have to do an injunction, and I would suggest that each individual does do an injunction. Mm. Um, whether you more Hebrew Israelite, um, you know, Muslim, Jewish, you know, whatever you know, whatever your your nationality is, it's do it, do an injunction. You know, um, other thing too is to understand how the international laws work when it comes to traveling, because those can help you as well. And that's why we do things like travel with an IDP or foreign ID, things of that nature. Mm. Oh, so they certainly help. Mm, okay. I'm thinking notes, mental notes, and thinking, and you know, yeah. having a good time well, with the discussion and I, the dialogue. I've got a lot of brothers. Yeah, I got a lot of brothers and sisters who have used these remedies. You know, especially like in the junction. You know, and they work for they work for people. Some people they haven't worked for because you know <clears throat> the thing about it is is that. Um, there's no full silver bullet. Let's put it like that. You know, if they want to do something, they're going to do it, and and they're going and and they got the guns at most of the time. So they go. So the thing is, is what can you do? You if you do get put over, you got an injunction. You take them to court and you fight them later. You take them to equity court. You know, you take them to court for violating uh, your private rights, you know, for violating the oath they took. So that's why they have bonds. Mm-hmm. So you got yeah, to have a child that bond. has that uh, has some challenges. So I was trying to move away from him, but uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm always happy to help if you you know if you want to set up a consultation. You can always set one up on the website, makemorecommerce.com. dot com. And uh, oh, what's I'm the site? always happy to help. It's make m a k e m o o r Commerce, make more commerce.com. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah, you can also, yeah, you can set up a consultation there. All right. Yeah, I'll reach out to you for sure, man. Uh, I had a great chat with you. Appreciate it. Hopefully, more yeah, no, people have problem. listened and, yeah, continue to, you know, get informed and educated and free and happy. Each one, teach one, man. A little bit at a time. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I'm going to go and get this right, boy. He's about to flip out on us. <laughs> okay, man. Happy holiday to you. And, same uh, to you, man. Friday. Have a great day. Happy same holiday. to all your listeners. All right, same to you, my brother. All right, man. Thank peace. you, brother. All right, peace. All right, man. That's what's up. Happy holiday to y'all. Uh, I think I think we had a conversation long enough to last the whole show. So uh, we definitely are over our time. Uh, we look how niggas call in and take us all the time. <laughs> Alright man With that being said I'm going to be on Sunday uh, Make sure y'all tune in man I'm on 7 o'clock Sunday 7pm Eastern We're going we're gonna to dive in I know how I do on Sunday We're going to dive in 
um, to the Fifth and the Sixth Amendment. I'm going to give you some remedies, um, help you out as we work our way up to the treaties. All right. I'm going to give you all some new acts that y'all can use, some good shit to use. All right. I'm available at makemorecommerce.com. Um, I appreciate y'all tuning in today on Friday. If y'all tune in, tune in again next Friday, just know that because the shows are shorter um, on the live side, I actually start the show right around the time that the show starts, all right? So you don't have to wait an hour to call in, not on Fridays. All right, so with that said, man, I'm up out of here. Y'all have a great uh, weekend. Enjoy your Xmas, all right? And I'm up out of here, man. Peace to the gods. Stay on your square. Thank you.